I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. 17 years by her side. Broke the same bread. Wore the same clothes and you said We're sisters with nothing between If one of us fall The other will soon be following Both of you fell the same day You don't know why One of you and you lay your body down on the floor You're desperate to hear Footsteps again But this house is on fire We need to go So I just cut my... Morning video, which I do most days, most days. I'd say on average four out of every five weekdays on my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. The show has a great account, too, at It's Bernie and Sid, and the radio station at 77 WABC Radio. But I do one, like I said, about four to five mornings, and I noticed, my God, am I tan. I've got an August tan in May, and uh, maybe that's because I spent about two and a half hours on the beach yesterday. In 65 and sunny degree temperatures, three more days of this now coming up. I have no idea what color I'll be on Friday morning, but man, do I look healthy and good, and I feel great. And with that said, talking about feeling great, we had said yesterday he wouldn't be here today and maybe the rest of the week. But then I got a call yesterday afternoon, which made me really, really, really happy. And he knows this from my partner, my main man, Bernard McGurk, saying, nope, nope, nope. We're going to do those tests and maybe chemo next week. I'll be there tomorrow. So here he is on this beautiful Tuesday morning, the great Bernard McGurk. Good morning, Bernie. Sid Arthur Rosenberg. Yeah, just a big never mind on uh, being out for the rest of the week. I'm here. And, yes, by the end of the week, you will be, uh, I guess, darker than Mookie Wilson. (laughs) We're we're going to have to, uh, I don't know, we've made the uh, joke about cultural appropriation in the past. It may apply more than ever this week, but... uh, no, actually, it's a good look, and uh, yeah, you're you're in the spot you want to be. It's better than going to a tanning salon. Oh, no doubt. In May, right? Uh, it's it's, be- it's also better than joining a beach club for ten thousand dollars for the summer. It's uh, it's better than all of that just to walk down the block. And uh, again, I walked down to one twenty nine yesterday. Saw uh, Terrence Mullen, Chris Mullen's brother, his uh, his restaurant Callie's with Darren and Tommy and the whole crew. I had lunch by myself. Sitting outside on a park bench about 1 o'clock yesterday afternoon, 64 and sunny. Just to listen, there's a reason why, Bernie, and you know this, people who are uh, depressed, people who suffer from depression, even uh, bipolar, manic depression, 
They always recommend doctors move to places like Florida, Arizona. The worst thing for somebody who's depressed is gloom and doom and rain and clouds. You need to be in the sunshine. I've been diagnosed with that. I'm not sure I really am to this day. But the point is, I feel so much better when it's sunny and bright. And now we're in that mix the next couple of days. Yes, we are. I mean, it beats vitamin D as well. Vitamin D and, uh, you know, indoor tanning salons. Doing it naturally. I feel better as well. I mean, I loved yesterday. It was gorgeous around here. And so, uh, yeah, that's why, that's why you look forward to May. Again, I've said it before many, many times. You have the winter months. They are dark and depressing, and people, more suicides occur yeah. when the days are shorter yeah. for just the reason you announced. But, yep. uh, and I always, I always employ the maxim that in order to enjoy true pleasure, <laughs> you have to have endured true pain. Uh-huh. And we endure it here in the uh, Northeast with the winter. And then when it comes... You appreciate it all the more, like you're doing right now. I'm glad, so happy to see and hear you actually enjoying this because I know for a long time you've been wanting to get the hell out of the Upper West Side, the hell that is New York City, to something like this. And then now you, it's like letting it's like letting a caged chicken out to run free. It is. You know what I'm saying? No, it is. And, and that's 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 what you're doing. I spent six years in Manhattan. Uh, the first two years, of course, uh, down by uh, Wall Street on Hanover Square. And that was nice. You know, it's a lot less. It's easier down there. A, a lot of uh, tourists down there, a lot of young kids, uh, less uh, protesting, less Democrats, less nonsense, but not great nevertheless. Four years on the Upper West Side, which was complete hell. And where I live, and you know this too, once you get on that ferry, man, you're not going to see a protester. You're not going to see or hear any of that nonsense, any of it. Now, I was suicidal at one point last night, despite the nice weather. And that was about 10 o'clock last night when the Penguins scored for the seventh time. We'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> but I did, I did make a promise, Bernie, a couple of weeks ago when Elon Musk took over Twitter. And I said to you the next morning on this show that I was going to find a way to try to tweet once a day. Well, I have not done that, to be honest. But I, I, I'm close. I'd say on average five to six days a week, I tweet something once a day. And I took to Twitter yesterday afternoon, and I put this out there. And it reads like this. At Sid Rosenberg is my Twitter. I'm pro-choice, but I also maintain great respect for the opposite opinion. I've got zero patience for any S and then the next four letters, which is synonymous with um, anus. I have zero patience for any S who protests outside a justice's house or inside a Catholic church. Stop using RBG's name. She's on record admitting it was bad law. States will decide. Stop the BS. And I got to tell you that I got a bunch of tweets back from folks that were pro-life who were very, very respectful and said, hey, man, that, that's a good tweet. You know, you're, you're respecting that one guy does right back. Oh, you're into killing babies. That's fine. I never said that in my tweet, but if that's what you take from that tweet, that's fine. But for the most part, it was a respectful back and forth. And folks were happier that I was out there saying, stop the violence, stop the protesting, stop the lies. They were happier with that than being angry with the fact that I'm pro-choice. And I think if most people, Bernard, if most people entered the discussion doing it that way, it wouldn't be all that bad. But these protesters outside those homes last night, especially Kavanaugh's house, that was terrifying. Yeah, they're not interested. By the way, that was a terrific tweet. And you stated facts. You were reasonable. And that's all that people ask for on the other side. That's all they ask for. They can tolerate 
a difference of opinion. But these people that uh, you're talking about who don't respect the fact that it's, you know, that it's bad law, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg said what she said, uh, et cetera, et cetera, they're not interested in compromise or anything like that. They are filled with hate and rage. I mean, and they ha- I mean, they're just hell-bent on disagreeing with anybody, anybody on the other side. They hate, uh, they hate all our country's in- institutions, including our religious institutions, the Supreme Court, all that stuff. And so they're just, they're just, they're, they're, there's no way to reason with these people, whereas you're a different breed. You're, you're an old-school type liberal, just like you know, various guys, Bill Maher, uh, Glenn Greenwald, guys like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that you got a lot of uh, sympathetic or, you know, agreeable tweets back from people on the other side because, again, you made a hell of a lot of sense, whereas these other people are interested only in gaslighting, hate, divisiveness, uh, you know, it's, and it's really it's depressing because of what you stated is so obvious. Every, everything you said was so obvious, bad law, all that stuff. And, again, it's not going to affect people here in New York and the tri-state area, most states. Yeah, and you'll be able to travel to a state, but uh, even most, I would say the majority of states, when states legislatures get together, they'll have some sort of uh, abortion law that will be, uh, you know, it will legalize abortion to a certain maybe 15 weeks. Mississippi's a law. That's why this thing went to the Supreme Court in the first place. They wanted to make it 15 weeks as opposed to Roe v. Wade's, I believe, 23 weeks, right. 23 week limit. Yep. So I think most states are reasonable like that. And uh, so, yeah, good for you. That was a, a very, very good a conciliatory tweet, a good compromise tweet, very intelligently drawn out. Thank you. All praise to Sid Rosenberg. Uh, thank you. That's for, coming from you, that means a lot. Thank you, buddy. So we'll get more into Whoa. that. We've got great sound, obviously, Alita's house, uh, Kavanaugh's house, a lot of folks talking about this, and that still continues to be the major story today. But another story that, uh, Bernie, you covered yesterday <laughs> which again did remind me quite a bit. I was in Florida, but I followed it very, very closely when that uh, fat blonde lady years and years ago helped those two guys escape from that prison in upstate New York, and one of them ended up getting uh, shot dead. One of them got shot in the leg, and he was back in prison. It was, a, uh, it was a national story. I was down in Florida, but everybody was covering it. Well, the last couple of days, very similar story, and now they find this lady, this mess, who helped this uh, guy escape in Alabama. And she turns a gun on herself. The manhunt is over with, once again, like the last one, Bernard, a deadly ending. But this time for the lady, not one of the perps. Yeah, yeah. She put the uh, gun to her, I don't know, her, her uh, in her mouth or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, it's you know, I feel That was the second that she put in her mouth her. after the uh, prison break. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, I have pity on this lady. I just have yeah. pity. She was obviously uh, deluded and, uh, you know seduced by this this disgusting animal a seven feet tall animal i mean they showed the pictures of this of this guy shirtless on tv oh he's so I was gross like, get this god oh. get us get this thing off tv i so can't even take looking at it gross but yeah it's over and uh it, you know he had no interest in her maybe she realized that and, and that's part of the reason why she shot herself she knew the kind of fool he made of her yeah and she just couldn't take it so i have pity for her and this guy, too bad he's still alive. We're going to have to feed him three meals and uh, give him a, a place to sleep every night for the rest of his life. Ridiculous. That's, that's, that's yeah. unbelievable. But, yeah, that lady back three years ago, I remember what the, the nickname was. They called her the Shank Skank. Yeah, that's right. She, she, she provided them with, uh, you know, like a little knife or something like that. 
So the Shanks gank. No, and, no, uh, it was also because, no, the Shanks gank was also a play on Shawshank Redemption, the great movie where they escaped uh, Alcatraz. That was part of the Shank uh, nickname for her, too, the, the play on that movie, which was a great movie with uh, Tim Robbins. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, Morgan, who, and Morgan Freeman, that's right. Um, and then, of course, the other story has this cop in New York. This is unbelievable. So it turns out his wife is banging a younger cop. Now, nine times out of ten, Bernie, you tell me, the husband finds out the first thing he does is kill the wife. Not the wife's boyfriend, necessarily, although you always wonder why they don't do that. They kill the wife. This guy did it the way most people think that guy should do it. Go kill the boyfriend. And then he killed himself. But I believe the wife survived this whole mess. Yeah. Well, another uh, horrible story, actually. Yeah, he took his own life. Did you say that? He took yes. his own life? This, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, well, you know, what are you going to do? It's the, uh, it's just the way of the world. This happens all the time, whether they're in uniform or they're just regular civilians. These things are terribly sad. And, uh, yeah, the guy, the boyfriend is dead or the wife is alive. And, uh, she, you know, he, was, he couldn't live uh, being a cuckold and, again, a, 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 an accused murderer, I guess, after having been a police officer. But very sad. I mean, what, yeah. what, you know, I don't know how to uh, – I don't want to make any jokes about the uh, poor, no. poor bastard. No. I feel terrible for the guy. Of and, uh It's a sad story all around. You know, I feel, even feel bad for the dude who was hosing his wife. You're right. He didn't I deserve mean, he, to die. He, he deserved maybe to get his ass whipped, right. but not, not uh, to necessarily die. Totally shot agree. to death. Yeah. Totally agree. So there's a lot of sports news out there today besides the Rangers lost a, a shocking firing with a local hockey team. I mean, shocking. We'll get to that. The Yankees, a great effort yesterday. We, we moved closer to the, the NBA Finals. We have two great guests today. Bo Deedle is always great on a Tuesday morning. He'll stop by at 740. And then we'll talk to the lovely Dr. Nicole Sapphire at 840, the new COVID strain, and this mysterious death of this couple who were travel agents down in the Bahamas. And then finally, Bernard, as if it's not enough, I've got a great surprise for you uh-oh is it uh the, a physical uh, surprise not I a mean, physical not wrap, a, nope you can't wrap it in a box in other words you cannot wrap it in a box that's right no you can't do that you've got a surprise for me. i'm not I sure do. if i like this i'm not sure if i like okay. this okay well I, I will tell I you mean, this you know, su- they showed last night me. no i'm not gonna scare you they showed last night at one point Sidney crosby moved into seventh place all-time points in NHL playoff history, he hey, is. By still, the way, is it, what, wasn't he like uh, his uh, reputation uh, that of an enforcer, a real tough guy? No, no, no. He, he's uh, he's no? a playmaker type of guy. Anything but an enforcer, actually. Okay. Uh, All right. uh, very uh, very skilled player, but he moved last night into seventh place. But he is still miles and miles away, like 120 points away from Wayne Gretzky, who I believe has like 260. Uh, career points in the NHL, the NHL history playoffs, and of course they called Wayne Gretzky the Great One, and uh, that's all. That's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, you're going to love the surprise. It's not physical. You have nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to uh, be okay. nervous of. You got it's, it now. Uh, it's it's harmless. I like it. Yes, it's very sweet of you, by the way. So thank you very much. We'll for, play it. Uh, later. A nice surprise. <laughs> I'd still be <laughs> scared. <to> look forward. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it's am great. Shaking like a leaf. <laughs> one eight hundred eight four eight WABC one eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two off to a great start. It's a beautiful Tuesday here in New York City as we move closer to Memorial Day weekend and the official start of summer two thousand twenty two. Two great guests and a big surprise for Bernard. Welcome back, folks. We are 
Bernie and Sid, right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Lock the front door up, boy. Take a rest on the porch. Great song. Soon I'm singing. Do it, do it, do Looking out my back door. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show. How much drugs is you like that, right? How much drugs is Carol giving you these days? Bro, if you can't tap your toe and sing to a song like that, I can't even help myself. No, it's great. Right. It just it just forces me. And again, on a beautiful day, I can already hear the birds chirping outside. It's just gorgeous on this Tuesday, May tenth. It's just fantastic. Again, May, my favorite month. Uh, the nice weather here. It's just it's a great month to be alive. Every year that it rolls around, all months are great to be alive. But particularly May, because then you have June and uh, then you have July, and it's just a, just a good time. You know what I'm saying, Sydney, or you don't? I know what you're saying, you know, and I agree 1,000, 1,000 percent. You're feeling me, right, bro? I am feeling, feeling you, yes. I like what I hear. I like what I hear. By the way, this is the Bernie and Sid Show. We're heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app and uh, also on uh, News Talk 107.1 FM out on Eastern Long Island. And we're going to have, uh, we're going to speak to, of course, Bo Deedle, the great, the great iconic New Yorker, Bo Deedle, hero cop, actor. And also, we're going to speak to Dr. Nicole Sapphire. They're starting to gear up, uh, the ramp up the, the, the talk about the virus coming back, and it's going to be a terrible fall in December. Guess what? Just in time for the election. Yeah, that's right. Mail-in balloting, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, this guy put out a movie. We'll get to this a little bit later. Uh, they actually previewed this movie, and I hear it's really good. Dinesh D'Souza put out a movie called 2,000 Mules, and it's all about how... In the six swing states, in the big cities, uh, you had a bunch of people, the mules, actually stuffing ballot boxes. And, and guess what? He has it all on videotape. Yeah, that's right. They back it up. So uh, so it start, we're starting to see uh, maybe we have to pay attention. They're starting to ramp up this talk of uh, COVID. And, again, the election is coming. They know they're in for a big, big sh- sh- shellacking. Or as Donald Trump would say, they know they're going to get schlonged. And so uh, so here we have to keep our eye on that. Now, uh, Kathy Hochul, the hapless uh, a loser, unelected governor here in New York State, she got the COVID. And uh, she's, uh, you know, here's the, the first thing she says, like everybody else, I'm so glad I got vaxxed. I got the COVID. I mean, the vaccination is supposed to protect you from getting the COVID. I mean, that's traditionally, historically, what we always thought of vaccines is they prevent you from getting the disease. But now, the, uh, of course, the, 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 the jargon, the religious jargon of the left is, I'm glad I got the vaccine and I'm boosted, and I hope you will too. And they don't say anything else. Yeah, you got the stupid uh, disease despite the fact that you got vaxxed. Here she is, uh, a Hochul. Uh, this is, what, about two or three months ago, talking about New Yorkers getting vaccinated. Cut 22, Lou, please. I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. 
I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. Oh, my what God. What are you talking about, uh, idiot. you idiot, you dummy? She really is an and, idiot. And of, yeah, and, of course, she ends up getting the, uh, the Rona herself, this lady. Uh, so she's up there in the Albany, I don't know, hiding out, doing nothing. You know, there was a story no, no, also. No, no, nothing changed, I guess. You know, and it's funny because no, her, no. her, her commercials, and by the way, if you love Jesus, that's great. Don't get me wrong. All, all the power to you, beautiful, fantastic. But um, her commercials go on and on about, there's a picture, there's a, a video of her sitting by her desk with her nightlight on really, really late. And she talks about how she works hard just like every New Yorker. Give me a break. Give I me know, a I've break. I've seen that commercial many, many times. Yeah. Ad nauseum, I've seen that commercial. It's really, it's gross. Look, uh, I hope Cuomo gets the smug thug. Thug throws his uh, hat in the ring, and he could be the spoiler. He could be who elects the Republican, who helps elect the Republican to governor this year in November 2022. I mean, if he gets in, he is definitely a third-party candidate, and he screws them big time, big time. So uh, go Quo. Go Andrew. (laughs) I'm hoping he's my guy right now. And, uh, you know, I mentioned, uh, uh, well, listen, Washington Post, they, they won actually, believe this or not, they won a Pulitzer Prize for their January 6th coverage. Now, what does that remind you of? It reminds you of the New York Times winning a Pulitzer Prize for their Russia collusion uh, investigations, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, Russia collusion turned out to be a total hoax. They still have the Pulitzer, but they got it from these. Uh, these Pulitzer people have no shame. Now, the Washington Post, why did they get this uh, Pulitzer for their coverage? I mean, did they explain yet why Pelosi rejected troops that were offered from Donald Trump? Did they? I don't think they did. I mean, did they talk about, did they identify and explain why there were so many FBI plants in the crowd? Did they, did they find out who planted the pipe bombs in front of the uh, Republican headquarters and the Democrat headquarters? There were two pipe bombs planted. The guy's on videotape. They see him planting the freaking pipe bombs, and nobody has identified this guy. What did the Washington Post do? They did squat. And I guarantee you the Washington Post also claimed that Brian Sicknick was killed. I guarantee you that's the case. I promise you Very, that. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's a lot of aspects of this that, that I haven't gotten to in this brief uh, minute that I brought it up. But you're right. They've, they've perpetrated a lot of, uh, you know, fake news, I'm sure, in the, uh, along the way. The Washington Post, duh, of course they have. So anyway, a Pulitzer Prize, laughable. They were all cheering uh, and, and patting themselves on the back. Now, remember a big fat mouth uh, Attorney General Letitia James? Yep. She's screaming in New York, my body, my choice. I ain't apologizing for getting no abortion, damn it. Nobody was asking you to get any apology Nobody or offering apology. Nobody was asking you for any of that crap. And, of course, we know New York State, this Roe v. Wade overturning doesn't affect anybody in the tri-state area. Nobody, nobody, nobody. But, and I also said that... Uh, People in the country in states where there will be maybe a restriction on abortion or there no abortion at all, they're going to be able to get it. And here's Letitia James. She's setting up some pipeline, some, uh, well, not necessarily underground railroad, but some railroad uh, helping women out in these states. Here is uh, big mouth, fat mouth Letitia James yesterday on that Cut 25, Lou. We will continue to act to ensure that every New Yorker and those beyond the lines of our state have access to this critical and absolutely this life-saving and critical right. New York has already 
experience an uptick in people coming to our state to get an abortion. So there you have it. I mean, what, what call me Nostradamus, but exactly, that's exactly what I said would happen. That's what's happening. So what was she screaming about? Shut up. They're coming to your state to get abortions. Here is an assemblywoman. Her name is Gloria Rojas. She was talking with Letitia about the same thing. Cut 26. This fund will direct money, $50 million, to the Department of Health in order to offer grants to abortion providers and nonprofits that assist people in accessing the abortion care that they need. So the only problem is, of course, is that you, me, Lou, everybody in the control room, everybody listening to us in New York State, we're going to be subsidizing this. That's the only yeah. They're very generous with other people's money, aren't they? <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you, Kamala. And one last thing, just the last thing here. I mean, uh, this this whole, uh, you know what, I think I'll save this. I'll, I'll get to this a little bit later. What's happening to the women in Afghanistan, hmm. I mean, you know, the way they try to make it here, you see these these utter, utter stupid losers showing up in Handmaid's Tale outfits, you know, desecrating our churches on Sunday. Again, in these Handmaid's Tale outfits. Well, wait do you hear what's happening in Afghanistan these days. Thanks to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the rest of these incompetent uh, freaks. So anyway, we're going to speak to Bo Deedle, great, great, great Bo Deedle. I can't, I can't say enough how much I love Bo Deedle. Also, the uh, just as great, the Dr. Nicole Sapphire here on the Bernie and Sid Show. A lot to come, ladies and gentlemen. You want to weigh in? 1-800-848-9222. You could do that as well. Traffic and sports is coming up, but guess what? And I like this, too, because this morning it happens to be one of my favorites, the WABC Clip of the Day. And today it happens to be Greg Kelly, who you can listen to every weekday afternoon, 1 to 3 p.m. Here, Greg talks Sleepy Joe Biden. Uh, Department of Homeland Security will fight disinformation and misinformation. Doesn't that sound evil? Doesn't that sound sinister? It is. It absolutely is. Now, at first glance, you might think this stuff is fine. It's not. This, I remember it so well, on January 20th of 2021, that's Inauguration Day for Joe Biden. Unbelievable that we've gotten to this point, isn't it? Joe Biden, national joke for his entire life. Nobody ever took him seriously. Nobody. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. While the Rangers went to Pittsburgh, it's been a disaster. Consecutive seven-goal games for the Penguins. The Ranger defense awful. Shesterkin has been now pulled now, what, two games in a row. Rangers jumped out to the one nothing lead. Crosby tied it. Pens were up 2-1 to one when Jake Gensel pretty much put it away. Crosby's just killing the Rangers. Again, the final score seven to 7-2. That series is now 3-1. The Rangers face elimination coming up tomorrow night when they host a game five at Madison Square Garden. The Islanders, a shocking move yesterday. After being just one series away from the Stanley Cup two years ago, Lou Lamarillo fired their head coach, Barry Trotz, yesterday. Here was Lamarillo's explanation. Unfortunately, it is my role to make the best decisions for the organization going forward. And uh, I believe that this group, uh, this group of players uh, needs a new voice. 
Hard to argue with Lou Lamarillo, but Barry Trotz is a pretty good coach. Baseball yesterday, Nestor Cortez great again. RBI double Anthony Rizzo. The Yankees beat the Rangers 1-0. The Yankees are now 20-8. and They start a series against the Blue Jays today. Luis Severino on the mound. The Mets were off yesterday. They start a series against the Nationals in Washington, D.C., Later on tonight, sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. The great Bo Deedle comes your way at 740 with sports. I'm Sid. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gobblelaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. on your gorgeous sun splash Tuesday morning in New York City. And get ready for a beautiful week. Temperatures again, somewhere between 65 and 70 the rest of the week and sunny. Bit windy today. The rain, unfortunately, does return over the weekend. So for you folks that work all day during the week, you get screwed. I don't. (laughs) But uh, my poor wife, for example, she can't enjoy the sun until Saturday and Sunday. Talking about um, my wife, we had a discussion yesterday. She called me. She was on her way back from court, and uh, she said, let me ask you something. I said, sure. She said, "Um, are we about to suffer a depression? And I said, Danielle, maybe you thought uh, you were dialing Larry Kudlow or Ron Insana. I'm your husband, (sighs) Sid. Um, I said, well, look, in my opinion, this is where I need you to jump in here, Bernard. Uh, Well, wait a second. You're a radio host. You're supposed to be omniscient. No. Supposed to know everything, know all. Oh God! As as a radio talk show host. Well, I, I any cl- question, that, I I claim to, and I and I did answer her, but I don't know everything. I mean, I no, of course, not. I have an opinion on a lot of stuff, but you know, I pride myself on being more of an entertainer than an information guy. But I'm a very smart guy. I'm, I'm I know what's going on. I keep up on everything. So my answer was, look, inflation is through the roof. The last GDP numbers were bad, very bad. Uh, so, look, I think recession recession is more likely. I think depression is a bit, a bit uh, pessimistic. A recession more likely, and I wouldn't even go that far just yet. But again, with Joe Biden's administration running the country, 
um, you know, you could always expect the worst to happen. So based on the numbers, recession, likely depression, I don't think so. Bernard McGurk, what do you think? Well, you know, you, uh, you see, you, get, you, 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 you give yourself uh, short shrift because your observation with this administration, you can expect the worst. Although uh, on the course we're on, it is should be it should be a recession and no yeah. uh, depression. Right. In other words, back with the uh, you know the, the severe recession we had in '08, you had the whole housing uh, complex, the whole housing loan complex right. crashed. Right. I mean, it was just really so that led to uh, the the severe depression, the recession. Excuse me, that we had back then. We haven't had a depression since the uh, '30s. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it is a recession. It's stagflation. It's negative growth. We're already into a negative growth. You had, uh, what is it, the, the economy shrank 1.4% in the first quarter. Right. If it shrinks in, in two consecutive quarters, that is officially a recession. Correct. So if this quarter the, the economy shrinks. Which it will. Again, that will be, we will be in a recession. Now, how these people handle it will determine how bad things get. And I have no no trust in these people whatsoever. They said that uh, inflation was transitory for about eight months. <laughs> they just lied. They lied, and they just uh, you know uh, they did, oh they didn't know. They were just totally again uh, corrupt. Uh, this guy Larry Summers, he was the under Obama. He was I believe the Treasury Secretary, well respected uh, lefty economist. He's been warning about a recession and inflation for a long time. Yeah. They just ignored him I don't think and, they and knew. a bunch of other honest guys. I, I, I think Janet Yellen didn't know. I think Powell didn't know. And maybe I'm giving them too much credit because certainly, you, you know, you'd rather be ignorant than corrupt. You'd rather be stupid than corrupt. I just think they didn't know. Yellen is a buffoon. Just, I mean, she looks like uh, like a half Yoda, half something out of Star Wars. <laughs> and, and you heard it many times. Oh, I think this inflation is very, very transitory. Yeah. I mean, where do they get these people, these freaks? I mean, this is just uh, just get some competent people in there. Stop worrying about, well, we checked the box off. She's an old woman. Let's put mm. it in there. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if she's a lesbian. You know, throw that in there, too. Oh, I, I wouldn't it be surprised. It doesn't matter if she, gets things, if, yeah, no. if she gets things wrong. So who cares? Who cares? Uh, so anyway, depression probably a bit on the overly pessimistic side, but... You know, better to expect the worst and hope for the best. You know, you basically so said this. Yelled. Yeah, so you basically said the same thing that I said. So I did okay. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah, there you go. Don't 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 sell yourself short, my my brother. It is funny though because you know while she asked that question and you and I just talked about it and gave some numbers that would indicate that uh, it could get bad. You know, I, I went out for dinner Sunday night, Mother's Day, and uh, there's a there's a block on 129th Street and there wasn't an open seat in the place, and uh, people are traveling. All over the place, you know, and um, there were no cars. You know, I went to a, a dealership for a very, very fancy car in Englewood, New Jersey on Saturday morning. Now, part of that is the supply chain issue, yes, but also a tremendous demand. And it's a very, very expensive car. Point being that while we're talking about inflation and stagflation and numbers and depressions and recessions, it does seem like Americans are spending an awful lot of money these days. The housing market is great. So I don't know um, exactly how all these numbers pertain to everyday life, but it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like Americans are struggling. But maybe that's because we're in New York City and not Flint, Michigan. Well, and plus, uh, you know, f- let's face it, you and I we're doing fairly well, yeah. uh, so it doesn't really affect us. The neighborhood you live in is good, but I mean, just look these the food shortage thing is coming. Inflation's going to get worse, so you're going to have food shortages. 
and the food that's available is going to be very, very expensive. Mm. By all accounts from credible people, yeah. this is going to get a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. A lot of it's stemming from the uh, war in Ukraine because you can't get the grain. That's like they, they call it the breadbasket of the world mm -hmm. because of uh, the wheat that they put out. It's all stuck there now. They can't get it out. Uh, but anyway, you, you, you formula shortages. When, when, when people start to experience, look, look, just look at, say, uh, Manhattan. You have Inwood, you have Harlem, you have the Bronx. Yeah. And a loaf of bread is going to cost, say, $10 in September. And if you can get it, if there's any bread on the shelf, well, they're going to start stealing it. They're going to start, uh, you know, they're going to start holding up stores. Oh, they already are. And maybe, I, maybe, and maybe riots. It, I mean, but a lot worse. Yeah. It's going to be a lot worse when, when, right. when, when the average person yeah. uh, starts to feel the pain. Yeah. And yeah. then you have a real Jean Valjean uh, situation. Oh, very I'm good. talking about. Les Mis, I know. We, literally, the, the, he yeah. stole a loaf of bread. Yep, I remember and it well. Th that's, a le that's a legit uh, sort of, uh, you know, crime because I'm poor type of thing, as opposed to the uh, crime now because they know, they know they can get away with it. But the bad times are, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Depression, I don't think so, but uh, it not, going, not going to be good in right. the coming months. Agreed, agreed. Uh, and, and again, it hits, if you want to look at it politically, it's supposedly going to hit at just the right time for a red wave. Let's put it that way. If you want to put a silver lining on it, right? Uh, that, that that by all predictions, it's it's going to hit in the fall, and uh, th therefore, forget about Roe versus Wade being overturned. I can't get my hands on a damn loaf of bread. I'm not voting for this same. I'm, I'm voting. You know, I'm voting for the other party. Now you mentioned. So anyway. Yeah, you mentioned the crime too. The actual crime because folks think they can get away with it, and you're right about that. So Eric Adams was out there yesterday, and he was extolling the virtues of his police commissioner, who uh, I liked. You know, he hired her. I liked her a lot. I like um, I liked what she said. I was blown away by her uh, speech at the Rivera funeral. But the truth is, is that uh, not a lot going on in this city and not a lot going on in terms of fighting crime. But he did come out yesterday, Eric Adams, and say that he's got complete confidence in Keyshawn Shule that she is the right person to head the NYPD and, in fact, curb this issue. So for, for whatever that's worth, uh, she did get a ringing endorsement from Eric Adams yesterday, which um, I'm not sure I want uh, if I'm working in New York City in any capacity. That's like, that's like Mayorkas getting a ringing endorsement from Joe Biden, right. I guess. I'm not saying that she's as incompetent as Mayorkas, but uh, yeah. you know, let, let him take the choke chain off her. Let her do the uh, old school uh, stop and frisk. This is what we need. This is what, what this well, is. What, but, but how do you uh, know she wants to do that? Has she been on record saying she wants? I don't know what she wants to do and what she doesn't want to do. I don't know. No, but but she. Whenever I hear her speak, I, I hear her. Uh, it's almost like a hostage situation where she's talking in code. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I hear her saying that I want to do more, and she she talks about. You know, she makes references to no cash bail. Let's not forget about the victims. Mm -hmm. And in that, when she does that, she's talking about no cash bail. I, I don't know. I just get the sense that she wants to do more. But you may be right. I don't know. I really just have no idea. But you got to take the choke chain off the police. Let them do their jobs, and then crime will come down. I know you don't want to be accused of of, of, do, of emulating the policies of a guy you call the racist, Rudy Giuliani. Right. But that's what works. Do that, and you will be a successful mayor. To screw the critics on the left who call you are going to call you some an Uncle Tom or a racist. 
which I know you live in mortal fear of uh, hearing. <laughs> yes. He really does. Of and course. That's why he doesn't want to do it. Of course. That's why when on this show, when we interviewed him, and I mentioned you brought back broken windows. No, wait a minute. I didn't bring back broken windows. I know a lot of people listen. Let me clarify. You brought back broken windows. You yes. told people to, you told your officers, you called the chiefs in. You said, go get them for the fair beating. Get them for peeing on the streets and the small quality of life crimes. You told them that. That's broken windows, bro. And uh, you, 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 you told them bring bring it back. So far, it's not necessarily working because, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe other forces combining to uh, thwart it. Like, for example, uh, no real effective stop and frisk. And the anti-gun unit, I mean, it's not necessarily what it was in the past because they're all, uh, you know, you can spot them a mile away with their NYPD uh, blazers on or whatever the hell. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, oh, but so some, Keith John Sewell. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, some, a- some people seem to think that works. I mean, Bo Deedle actually... Is, uh, is on record. He'll join us coming up at 7.40. He's a great guest every Tuesday at 7.40. And he's on record on this show, Bernard, saying that he likes the idea that these uh, cops show up with their uniforms on because of they've had situations with friendly fire and instances well, yes. where they couldn't tell who was who. I, I disagree with Paul, which is r- ridiculous because he was a cop for 30 years and I've done nothing, nothing nearly as heroic as Bo Deedle. But it, doesn't, it just seems like the element of surprise has to work. It's got to work. Right, friendly fire aside, it works better if they don't wear the uh, you know big well, that's NYPD uh, windbreakers. Right, I think. Yeah. yeah, they just roll up on these punks and uh, you know do what they have to do without uh, identifying them. Say, hey, I'm NYPD. Right. About a block away. Look at me. Them, I'm give, coming give to get you. To... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't run. Don't run. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I won't run. I'll wait here for you. Just right. is, uh, no problem. Uh, Bo's going to come up at 740. Now, we did promise you, we'll play this again later, but I did promise a big surprise for you, Bernard, at the very, very top of the show. You were nervous. Maybe still be nervous. Uh, I promised you, don't be nervous. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. In fact, it's a great thing from the great one. If, in fact, folks were listening last night to Mark Levin, who's on this station 6 o'clock every weeknight and is one of the great, great voices on radio and television, one of the great conservative voices ever, really. Mark Levin last night became aware of something that he did not know. He did not know. And it pertains to my partner, the great Bernard McGurk. This is Uh courtesy of Mark Levin and WABC Radio just last night. By the way, on WABC, Bernie, Mr. Producer, I didn't know he had prostate cancer. That's public, right? Bernard McGurk, I didn't know that, Bernie. God bless you, buddy, and we wish you all the best here. He's been a good, good friend over the years, and I wish him all the best. He's, he's actually hilarious, smart as hell, and a true blue winger. May I say that? I think I will. There you have oh, it, Bernard. That, the, uh, the, that was, that's your Tuesday that was, surprise. Thank you for that. That was a very, very nice, sweet surprise. Yes, uh, Mark That's Levin and myself. That's right. I said it. He said it. All right. We go back a long way, and uh, yeah, good friends. Uh, I can tell you a couple of stories. I don't know what what kind of time we have, but uh, just back, you know, he was an Imus fan initially, and then uh, a fan of mine, of course. I remember flying one time with Sean Hannity from uh, uh, MacArthur Airport in a private jet to do a, uh, a seminar or something, so a night of uh, entertainment in Boston, at our affiliate in Boston. And this is before Levin got, was on the radio. Uh, and uh, I'm with Hannity, and, of course, he says, I wanted you to speak to a fan of yours. This guy really likes you. And I had heard the name, of course, Levin. Rush Limbaugh used to mention him all the time. 
and it was Mark Levin. He wanted to talk to me. He wanted mm. to say hi because he was a big fan. Mm. Uh, how, how, what a big thrill that was uh, mm. back then, and it continues to be the fact that he was a big fan before he became the huge radio star that he is today. Yep. And he is brilliant. He's a genius. And thank you for that, Mark Levin. I, I really do. It really warms my heart. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sid, for playing that. No, actually, uh, Chris Libertini, who is the the guy who's behind the voice of the station, the commercials, the promos, he does a terrific job. He heard that last night, sent it right to me, and you're welcome. And I remember a couple of years ago, or the day before Thanksgiving, when you and I were still doing the midday show, and Levin was uh, driving to Virginia to hang out yeah. with his family, and he called in out of the blue and said, hey, I'm listening to you guys, and you guys are great. I love you guys. But certainly his relationship with you goes back many, 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 many years, and it was very nice what Mark Levin said last night, so thank you for that. Uh, Bo Deedle again coming up at 7.40. The lovely Dr. Nicole Sapphire coming up at 8.40. We'll play Beat Bernie coming up at 9.40. Been a great hour number one on this gorgeous Tuesday in New York City. We'll come back on WABC. We are Bernie and Sid in the morning. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, oh, good tune. A little Bruce juice for you. Keep this going. Bernie described himself as Nostradamus earlier in the show. On a political point, I do want to promote um, our guys here, Mike Dodino, Luke Lograno, and Justin Ellick. We do a podcast every week. It's called The Guys Behind the Glass. And it's just complete nonsense from uh, three guys who uh, don't know a heck of a lot about <laughs> sports, but it's fine. Uh, but they had me on on Friday. I came back to the office to pick up a cake that Joe Parisi and Gristini uh, got for Danielle for Mother's Day. So I was walking around. They go, come in here, come in here. And uh, the Rangers and Penguins at the time were tied one game apiece, and I provided this commentary for Legrano, Ellick, and Didino on the guys behind the glass on Friday. So Again, if, if, if Crosby does what he wants in Pittsburgh, Rangers will lose. If not, they find a way to contain him, and the Rangers superstars need to step up. I know Panarin had a goal and two assists, but he turned it over about 100 times last night. So the Rangers superstars need to too. play better. That's right. It was one of the, uh, the Penguins' uh, defenseman skate. So stop Crosby, have the superstars play better, Rangers move on. If not, they're done in five. If not, they're done in five. And they have not stopped Crosby. The Rangers superstars are not playing well. And the Rangers now facing elimination at home tomorrow night, down three games to one. So, um, you know, there it is. There's your, there's your Nostradamus on the Ranger front from a guy that loves the Rangers, wants the Rangers to win desperately. But that was my honest evaluation on Friday. And so far, it has been on the money. Rangers against Supper, a humiliating 7-2 to two loss in Pittsburgh last night. And Sidney Crosby just killed them. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Official hour number one in the books. Bill O'Reilly's morning message. Bo Deedle and more opinions from Bernie and Sid coming up in hour number two. Sit in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Who doesn't? Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere in that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. Hey, which one is this guy? I, I always mix these two up. Uh, who is this? This guy? is uh, Huey Lewis and the News. Huey Lewis. Is, did, did he pass away, Huey Lewis? No, but go no. with that. Let's go with it. Why not? His career uh, almost. Nah. Yeah, no one's going to be upset except for uh, his he's family. Still here. Oh, shit. You are. <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, who do you confuse him with? I'm just curious. Uh, what's his name? The other guy with the, uh, you know what? I can't even recall his name, but yeah. there's two of them. He's probably dead. The other guy anyway, like, so. He, yeah. No, he is dead. Oh, he is Remember dead. There was one, there, there was one of them speaking of, I want a new drug. One of them, maybe the guy that passed away, he, he was, uh, he was high on, you know, second alls on, uh, these downer drugs. And he sat with his legs sort of crossed or he sat on his legs you know, they, they were they were. He sat on his knees or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when he woke up, he he almost had to have his leg amputated because he cut off all the blood. Oh my god! Because he was so he was so out from the drugs. Uh, yeah, it's not not Huey Lewis. It was ah uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. But, right. uh, it's a nice story. That's what that song makes me. It's a nice story, right? <laughs> yeah. how, how about this? How about this story? You're gonna like this. There was a flight from uh, Kennedy Airport, and it was Lufthansa. Lufthansa. It was a German uh, a German airline. And they would it was it was bound for Hungary with a, uh, a stop at Frankfurt for a connection to Hungary, so they had about a hundred Orthodox Jews on it, and there were about five who refused to wear masks. So when they got to Frankfurt, the uh, Germans told all the Orthodox Jews to get the hell off, not only get off the Lufthansa flight that they just landed, which they were going to do anyway, but they were banned from uh, aboarding the flight to Frankfurt. Wow! So you have the pro- you have the uh, spectacle of these Lufthansa guys in their Lufthansa uniforms uh, telling these orthodox, angry Orthodox Jews that they could not get on the flight, uh, the, the connecting flight to Hungary. It was an ugly sight. And they're like, hey, listen, I was wearing my mask. Why are you lumping me in with those five wow. guys? It was 90, like 95 Orthodox Jews mm-hmm. who were wearing masks, didn't deserve to be uh, banned, but were in any case. So you have that uh, spectacle out there. I don't know if you heard about it. No, or saw I, I about did it, not. But, but that is uh, a very, very reminiscent, of course, of a time not that long ago. Some folks uh, just DM me, by the way, uh, possibilities of musicians you may be talking about. I don't know. Uh, not Eddie Money. Um, yes, that's it. It was Bingo. Eddie Money. Eddie Money. Exactly right. Okay. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Money, who I think has checked out. Right? No, he's no? dead. Eddie's dead. Yeah, yes. He's yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's he, what I thought. He that's did not look good towards the end. No, either. he looked horrible. And he he he, no. he was the guy who sat on his leg that almost had to be amputated. Well, that, there you have it. So that was uh, connecting the dots right there. Nice job but, by uh, uh, our real estate friend Lori in New Jersey listening right now. Eddie Money, and you win the money, Lori. Nice job. No tickets yeah, to way paradise. Way to go, Lori. No tickets to <laughs> paradise. <laughs> but now Eddie Money can walk on water. <laughs> 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 you know, that's and funny, he can't man. go that's back. Funny right there. <laughs> All right, enough of the Eddie Money jokes. Go ahead, Bernie. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is hilarious. Hey, listen, uh, speaking of paradise, it's not New York City. And uh, our boy Eric Adams was out there yesterday talking about, well, he was arresting, uh, he, arrested a, he had the NYPD arrest a fruit vendor in a subway station. Uh, anyway, listen to Eric Adams extolling, uh, you know, this uh, arrest of a fruit vendor, vendor, excuse me, cut 24 low. Video rose over the weekend of a fruit vendor uh, in the subway station in Florida that was handcuffed by the NYPD. 
that what you want your police focusing on? Next day is propane tanks being on the subway system. Next day is barbecuing on oh the subway God. system. You just can't do that. You can't do that. So uh, I feel safer. You got the fruit vendor out of the subway station. Oh, my station. God. Barbecuing. That's Next day is barbecues on the subway? Really? Yeah. This guy, I mean, you he, know, though. He's the dumbest son but, uh, of a bitch I've ever heard. Ever. Well, in his defense, uh, if you want to, you know, uh, prop up uh, broken windows, this is a sort of a small version of that. In other words, if the rules say you can't sell fruit in the subway, you can't sell fruit. No, no, listen, it starts I, with the minor, minor I get uh, transgressions. It. I, I, by my subway, there's always a lady there selling um, uh, churros. You know, those uh, those long sticks, that uh, very yeah. good Mexican dessert, delicious. You dip it in caramel, sure. chocolate sauce. And it's annoying. No diarrhea there. No. Right. And she shouldn't be there, Derek Adams' point, but you take it to the next level, people are going to be barbecuing in the subway? I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, come on. Hey, who knows? I mean, these the homeless people have to celebrate, don't they? <laughs> Fourth of July? <laughs> get, a, get a little, uh, you know, uh, yeah. a little hibachi down there in the, uh, you know, the Sutton Avenue station down in Brooklyn or something? <laughs> I don't know. Right, listen, I mentioned last hour, Sid, about this movie, 2,000 Mules. And this is amazing. This is an incredible movie. They previewed it, believe it or not, in Mar-a-Lago last week. This guy, Dinesh D'Souza, I don't know if you remember him. Of course. He's, a, yeah, right. I think we interviewed him once for his More book than or whatever once. the hell. Yeah, a couple times. But in, in, in any, he's brilliant, by the way, from India. Brilliant dude. Anyway, this uh, 2,000 Mules, uh, very interesting. Six swing states, swing cities. He's got it all on videotape, these, uh, these mules, as he calls them. Stuffing drop boxes with the ballots. And listen to him in his own words. Cut 36, Dinesh D'Souza. Go ahead, Lou. It was stolen, and I think we can prove it. I think that's really what makes this movie different. We can not only prove it in the sense of logically or using technological evidence, we can show you the stealing of the election. We can in some way take you right back to the days leading up to the election, early voting. We can show you the criminals stuffing ballots, fraudulent and illegal ballots, into ballot drop boxes. There's four million minutes of video evidence assembled by an election intelligence group called True the Vote. So for people who are skeptical about all this, because, you know, we've all heard a lot about election fraud, my view is forget everything that you know or think you know about election fraud. Come into this with an, an open mind. We're looking at the subject in a completely fresh way, but the actual election result was quite different from what it was. So if you're uh, accused, you're talking about the election was stolen in 2020, First of all, it was rigged to begin with by big tech, media, by the deep state with all the Hunter laptop stuff and the bias and the corruption. But if you're talking about the actual day and they accuse you of disinformation, just parrot the words of the great Warner Wolf. Let's go to the videotape. They have it all right. They have it all on video. They have these guys. You can actually watch them coming back. The same people coming back, stuffing the ballot boxes. In all of those six cities. It's true. It's unbelievable. It's yeah. incredible. It, uh, this still, is what still we the, great, guard... the, the greatest meme I've ever heard or saw was after that, uh, which you're right. You can see the people stuffing the boxes. Clearly, uh, there was cheating going on. was after the, um, the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl to uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. At about 4 o'clock in the morning, somebody tweeted, Good news, Kansas City. We just found four more touchdowns, so it turns out the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. I thought that was brilliant. That's exactly what happened in that election. That's like a Babylon B headline. That's that's hilarious, yo. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so so listen, 
So the election was totally – Trump got screwed three ways from Sunday on uh, no, in Election Day, November 2020. Really, really a sad thing. I feel so bad for Donald Trump and the country. We wouldn't be going through all this crap right now that we're going through. But uh, on another note, this uh, Peppermint Patty-looking punk uh, Jen Psaki, she's exiting, going to MSNBC. And she's still there. No conflict of interest, of course. But the woman replacing her, talked about her yesterday, Karine Jean-Pierre. She's got this nice little cute face. Everybody loves her, a nice little smile. But I told you yesterday she called the American Israeli Political Action Committee severely racist. That's what she said of the of APAC. So something tells me she's a boycott, divest uh, a, a lady, an anti-Semite, essentially, this uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. And there's now videotape has surfaced of her talking to Joy Reid, on MSNBC. Listen to what she said. Cut 35, please, Lou. It was racist before coronavirus. They are racist during the coronavirus. Fox News will be racist after the coronavirus. So there is nothing new here. I think the difference is, is they have been, they are all in on being state TV for Donald Trump. And so they will continue to give them mis- misinformation. So uh, Fox News is racist. Uh, APAC is racist. Everything is racist. She's no different than anybody else. Forget the nice little smile. And by the way, she is a she's a vicious anti-Semitic, uh, probably America-hating lesbian is what she is, because her girlfriend happens to be the chief political correspondent at CNN. Uh-oh. Her name is Suzanne Malvo. You probably have seen this mm-hmm. lady, Suzanne Malvo. But you tell me, no conflict of interest. She's going to be dealing with Fox News people. She's going to be dealing with CNN. No conflict of interest. Uh, I I think not, ladies and gentlemen. I think not. And let me just say this: this is uh, there were a lot of uh, over the weekend churches, uh, Catholic church services interrupted by these uh, these ignorant uh, dingbats in handmade handmade tail costumes, and a lot of other ways they disrupted. In fact, that one of them I'll, I'll talk about after I play this uh, particular Bill Ritter clip. Uh, Bill Ritter uh, it didn't cover any of it. Didn't cover the uh, in in his report. On what happened over the weekend, never mentioned the terror the terror attack on the uh, pro life office in Wisconsin where they threw Molotov cocktails. As a matter of fact, this is what Bill Ritter said. This is in his entire report on the whole thing. Cut twenty seven, please, Lou. Meanwhile, all nine justices, their families, and their homes are now under extra security tonight. It's all because of that leaked draft of a conservative majority decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. The justices expected at the Supreme Court building on Thursday, extra security there as well, including eight-foot-high fencing all around the building. That's it. That's it. Nothing about the churches, about the St. Patrick's Cathedral, they no, surrounded it and not. hassled and harassed everybody entering and exiting. Everybody. If they did that to the uh, Temple Beth Israel on Fifth Avenue or some mosque somewhere like that, it's a bunch of guys in MAGA hats, that would be, he would have spent 10 minutes on that. But Catholic churches, screw you. I, I, have, no, I have no interest. And then there was this lady, in, in it's, it's, there's a cathedral, a cathedral called Old St. Patrick's Cathedral in Lower Manhattan. There was this disgusting, gross lady. She's a black lady, and she's fat, and she was half naked, and she mm-hmm. had these dolls tied to her, between her legs, yep. to simulate fetuses. Yep. And she was doing everything disgusting. You probably saw it online somewhere. Yes. But this this was her in front of Olsen. By the way, I thought it was Letitia James for a minute, but it wasn't. <laughs> she, she, she was a lot more gross than, yeah. uh, than that. So uh, this was what it sounded like, just... 
I, I wouldn't urge you to watch it because you would definitely uh, heave your whatever food is in your stomach. Cut 17, Lou. Not Okay, that's enough, Lord. You know, it's funny you mentioned that church. Terrorizing my my uterus. And this is a Sunday as people are trying to enter a church. Of course. half naked with these dolls uh, supposedly uh, simulating fetuses. And Bill Ritter doesn't see fit to report on Uh, that? That's not Bill Ritter style. Uh, That doesn't fit his narrative. But I did actually go to that church. It's funny you mentioned that church when uh, the feast was in town uh, this year. And um, I guess uh, that church, I, I don't remember the exact block but it's right there down by uh, where the feast is, the San Gennaro Feast. And it's the old St. Patrick's Church. It's obviously a lot smaller and much older than the new St. Patrick's Cathedral here on Fifth Avenue. But it is charming, and it's a beautiful church. Oh, and, yeah. and, and that sure. was the highlight of my day, really. I mean, the feast was great and, and all that stuff. But going to that specific church, so when I saw this, it really angered me because I was just there a couple of months ago. And it just goes to show you that people have no respect. And somebody like Bill Ritter, who, again, he and I had that uh, kind of come-to-Jesus moment together at the Breakfast Bernie, where years ago you and I received the award for the best morning show in New York City. And I thought, okay, this guy's not all that bad, nice guy, good-looking guy. He's had success. And it turns out, and I hate saying this, he's one of the biggest jerk-offs in New York City. Absolutely. And you have this all on videotape. This is gold. This is ratings gold for a, a normal newscast to have this disgusting woman out in front of a church like that, desecrating a church as, as, as you know, faith, people of faith are trying to attend a service on a Sunday. Really just the most un-American thing you can imagine. And he ignores it. He's got the videotape, and he completely and totally ignores it. I'd like to punch him right in his freaking face. Bill Ritter, yeah. by the way, the anchor at WABC News on Channel 7. One last thing uh, of this defense oh, secretary. By the way, one Mark. of his reporters, N.J. Burkett, is no better. May as well throw his name out there. He's part of that same yeah, news they cast. they all suck. He's another one. They yeah. all suck wind. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Defense Secretary Mark Esper, he, was, uh, he accompanied Donald Trump on the walk from the White House to the church that was burnt, almost burnt down by Black Lives Matter during the insurrection when they tried to storm the White House, the real insurrection, back in the summer of 2020. He took the walk and then took a lot of criticism. Anyway, here he is on 60 Minutes talking about uh, trashing Trump from his new book, Cut 13, please, Lou. Yeah, folks in the White House are proposing to take military action against Venezuela uh, to, to, to strike Iran. At one point, somebody proposed we blockade Cuba. These ideas would happen, uh, it seemed, every, every few weeks. Something like this would come up. We'd have to swat them down. So why are you shooting your fat mouth off? Listen, and also, uh, he, uh, you know, President Trump uh, suggested, he, or he asked about, why don't we just bomb, send a few missiles into these Mexican drug factories and, and, and try to save American lives? So you got Trump spitballing in, in these sessions. So that's all he's doing. He's throwing these things out there. And uh, this guy makes it seem like, uh, you know, he's in, any, any of those proposals he just made, hitting Iran, Venezuela, all of them, they make quasi-sense. I mean, it, it, it's worth asking about. But this guy is a complete and total weasel, weasel coward, spineless piece of garbage. The, uh, all the fake news made it look like uh, the, the walk from the White House to the burnt, almost burnt-down church and Trump holding up a Bible. They tried to make it seem like that incident was worse 
than the actual uh, insurrection, BLM storming the White House, right. during which they had to take Trump to yep. the basement of the White House. Yep. Remember that, folks? They ignore all that crap. In the subsequent days, Esper, he got so scared, he, he crapped his pants, sucked his thumb to the point where he went to the microphones, and he, he sucked up to Black Lives Matter and all these people. And George Floyd is such a great person. Cut 29 and 30 back-to-back, please. This is Mark Esper in the days after that walk from the White House through Lafayette Park to the church. Esper, uh, please play it a little. I did know that following the president's remarks on Monday evening that many of us were going to join President Trump and review the damage in Lafayette Park and at St. John's Episcopal Church. What I was not aware of was exactly where we were going when when we arrived at the church and what the plans were once we got there. My hope is that instead of the violence in the streets, we will see peaceful demonstrations that honor George Floyd, that press for accountability for his murder, that move us to reflect about racism in America, and that serve as a call to action for us to come together and to address this problem once and for all. What a freaking P word that rhymes with the wussy. What a disgusting excuse for a human being. A former military guy, defense secretary, just totally caved couple of little uh, fake news, uh, you know, uh, segments criticizing him, and he turns into, yeah, we want to honor George Floyd, uh, who stuck a gun in a pregnant woman's uh, belly. I mean, so that keep that in mind when you see this guy making the rounds, as he did on 60 Minutes. He was on with Brett Baer on Fox News last night. He's a complete and total coward is what he is, and a shame on him, and Trump should have fired him right after he made those remarks. In any case, a man who is not a coward, He's anything but. He's the antithesis of this creep esper, Bo Deedle. He's coming up uh, shortly, and then we're going to speak to uh, Dr. Nicole Sapphire on the Bernie and Sid Show. Keep it where it is, folks. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight, soapbox time here, Bernie, for me, a story that you brought up yesterday that made me angry yesterday. And if you remember, when you brought it up, I went on to detail all the great things that Donald Trump did for the Jewish people, and specifically the state of Israel. Once again, six presidents promised to make Jerusalem the capital. He was the only one to do it. He recognized the Golan Heights as a part of Israel. He refused, as Obama did, to send pallets of cash secretly overnight to the Palestinians. He, um, he had a great relationship with Bibi Netanyahu, which only strengthened the relationship between America and Israel. He did everything right. And here's a guy, of course, again, whose son-in-law is an Orthodox Jew. His daughter, his favorite child, is a Jew. He's been to the temple on the high holy days. Clearly Donald Trump, a friend of the Jewish people. So when you told us yesterday that the Museum of Jewish Heritage had uh, decided not to allow Ron DeSantis to speak, it, uh, it really bothered me. And uh, as the night moved along last night and this morning, 
it bothered me even more, especially when you find out, folks, that the Museum of Jewish Heritage disinvited Ron DeSantis. But are you ready for this? You ready for this? This is a, a, a museum that teaches about the Holocaust. You know who they did invite? Did invite. Who's that? AOC. Here is a lady that's uh-huh. aligning herself with Rashida Tlaib, a, a very, very boisterous Jew hater, with Omar, Ilan uh, Omar, a very, very boisterous Jew hater, and a host of others. I forget all the names. But AOC. But plus a, a, a boycott, divest, and sanction. Right. AOC. That's right. Total. That's right. So she's invited, but DeSantis is not invited. And you would think that the Jewish. Heritage Museum, again, teaching the Holocaust, would be a lot more tolerant after what Jews went through back in World War II. So I would just say this. If you're out there right now and you're considering funding, giving money to a place that I would otherwise say, give them all your money. Give them all of it. They teach about the Holocaust. I'm a proud Jew. It's all great. If you're considering funding that museum, don't do it. Do not do it. These people are liberals to the worst degree. They are unfair. They're biased. They support somebody like AOC. Don't support somebody like Ron DeSantis. And as a Jew, I am disgusted with that place. I will never, ever, ever set foot in that place. And again, I compel all of you out there, if you're considering writing a check to the Museum of Jewish Heritage, do not do it. Don't do it. Listen, AOC thinks the, the state of Israel is an illegitimate state, engages in apartheid. I mean, for them to, to embrace her and to shun DeSantis, that is damaging to the state of Israel. Of I mean, course. I don't know if, they, if they're self-hating whatevers. I'm not sure. But I will also throw this in there. The, uh, the Anti-Defamation League, it's not your father. It's not Abraham Foxman's Anti-Defamation League. No, same thing. Yeah, the same same thing. exact thing. Yeah. Because, yep. uh, and I played the clip last week. You had this ADL guy. He was talking about the rise in anti-Semitism, and particularly in Brooklyn, where most anti-Semitic attacks in the country take place, right in Brooklyn, and most of the perps are black. Of course. And what he said was, what he invoked was white supremacy, as though ignoring the real problem that black people in Brooklyn, for some reason, are smacking uh, these Orthodox Jews walking around on the streets in the back of the head, robbing them, smacking them. I mean, overwhelmingly, they're black. And this idiot moron, self-hating the whatever, uh, from the ADL says, yeah, with the rise of white supremacy. Well, right. You, you take the blinders off, stupid, or right. else you're never going to solve the problem. And Brooklyn, of course, that's because there are so many Jews concentrated in Borough Park. That's why you get all those attacks, obviously. That's, that's the biggest concentration of Jews, I believe, anywhere in the country. But, yes, it's the same thing. These, these are raging liberals. Uh, they seem to forget about what happened to our people 80, 90 years ago. I haven't forgotten. And again, uh, just to kind of wrap this thing up in a nice little bow, if you are considering funding the Museum of Jewish Heritage, they are they are basically at this point, believe it or not, anti-Semites. I, I don't know how I say that, but I'm saying it. When you invite you, AOC bro. and you disinvite Ron DeSantis, you are telling Sid Rosenberg and every Jew out there, F you. So you know what? F you. No money to that museum. Stay at home. I like what I hear, Sydney. I like the same thing with uh, Jonathan Greenblatt. 
and the ADL. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Again, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Also simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM, every Tuesday morning at 740. We look forward to talking to this great man, this wonderful, kind-hearted hero, hero cop, just a good guy all around, Bo Deedle, an actor, successful actor. Let's not forget that. Uh, anyway, Bo Deedle, it's good to have you on the show. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Bernie. You know what I feel like when I talk to you two guys? Remember Bonanza? I feel like Ben Cartwright. You guys are like Adam and Horse or Little Joe, whatever you want to be. These are like my uh-huh. kids. And when I hear you strong, and let me tell you who I talked to yesterday. I talked to the great senator, John Kennedy. I talked to him for about 10, uh, 15 minutes yesterday. He loved wow. you guys. He said, and he sends love to you, Bernie, and uh, prays for your uh, healthy recovery. Uh, John Kennedy, a great American United States senator. He is indeed. But uh, how would he be familiar with us, though? Just curious, Bo. I mean, John Kennedy, what were the circumstances that got you in touch with him? Well, he called me, and he wanted to speak to me. Obviously, it was about fundraising, but he knew all about me from Fox when I was on Fox. So I think he knew you from Fox also. And uh, uh-huh. he followed my career. He knew a lot about me, knew about my run for United States Congress and then my run against Big Bird. So he, he must be doing his homework a little bit. And, uh, I, again, when someone dies, Bernie, we don't say they checked out anymore. You know what we got to say? He took the pipe. What's that? He took, took the, the pipe. pipe. I'm learning every day. He took, oh he took the pipe. <laughs> so, All right. I, I'll go with that. So, basically, put- you know, we were talking about this gun squad, the unmarked cars on the street with the guys with the windbreaker and all that. Listen to me. I'm just happy that the police are doing something. Remember on the de Blasio days, Big Bird days, they were doing nothing. I'll take whatever they give me right now. I agree. Clean clothes is very important. would be better. But you know what? There's a lot of minority officers. I think 75% of the police officers are minority officers on the street. My worry is always the friendly fire. I've seen it when we started the street crime unit back in the early 70s, 1972, and I saw some friendly fire with cops getting killed. You know, when you see a guy with a gun, you you react very quickly. It's a spur of the moment. You don't know if the person's a good guy or a bad guy. It always scared me 
And the reality, we started wearing the color of the day. We used to have headbands because we were having these incidents. But with that saying, of course, I would rather have plain clothes, gun squad. But right. I take what he gives us right now. And he doesn't want to say stop and frisk, broken windows. I don't care what we say. Let's just get these scumbags off the street, and that's what we have to no, do. Listen, we agree, you know? but can I ask yeah. you a question? Because I asked Brian Kilmeade the yeah. same question a couple of days yeah. ago. He calls in early in the morning, and he tapes his New York segment at about 5.30 yeah. a.m. I'm in the studio, Bo. And he was talking about Eric Adams, and he brought up Bill de Blasio. And you just did the same thing. You said, well, de Blasio, when are we going to get to the point when I stop hearing about de Blasio? He's gone now four or five months. I don't care anymore what he did. We know he's a bad mayor. When are we going to start measuring what Eric Adams does based on what he does and not based upon the last guy? I don't want to hear about de Blasio anymore. You know, I listened to you guys this morning. After I hang up with you guys, I'm going to send a, a text message to the mayor. I'd like to meet with him because you can't play both sides. you got to go in one direction. You can't appease everybody. You can't worry about people's feelings. You know, this weekend in Chicago, again, 24 shots, six killed over the weekend, shot dead in the house, walking on the streets, everywhere. People are getting second passports. You're not safe in your house. You don't stay safe. And by the way, Bo, you mentioned Chicago. This uh, Eric Adams is sooner to ask Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of that violent city, for advice over Rudy Giuliani, this Mensa member. Well, the, the point was, you know, she's an actress. She plays in that uh, Walking Dead. She looks like a friggin' zombie. She looks like a, yes, Lori Lightfoot, you look like a friggin' zombie. You should go to wherever you came from and get the hell out of there. The poor people of Chicago. 500 dead every single year. You're you're an idiot. Get out of there. And if, if my mayor thinks that it, she's something to look up to, 500 murders every year. And also, the big thing is murder clearance. You know, I used to do homicides. I mean, I didn't do homicides. I was a homicide detective, of course. And uh, <laughs> their, clearance rate, their clearance rate in Chicago means the ones that commit murders, their clearance rate like 40% means that you have a 60, 60% chance, 60% chance of getting away with murder in Chicago. So you want to whack somebody, go to Chicago. You ain't going to get caught. And then, you know, you got this Quinniac poll, right? They, they do this poll of everybody, and they want to find out what the most urgent issues facing New York City voters now. All political parties, all races, all genders, all age groups. You know what? It's, it comes down to one thing. A crime. Crime is the number one issue. You know, it's nice for these uh, liberals to be out there worrying about the criminal. Oh, the criminal had a bad upkeeping. Oh, didn't have a father. Didn't have that. <coughs> Excuse me. It's hard to be compassionate. It's, it's very hard to be compassionate when uh, and be a liberal when you're dead. So the reality is stop the bull crap. This is a major issue, and we've got to deal with that. And we have to show the displeasure in November and during these primaries, and we've got to vote for the people that are going to be uh, supporting the law and order. You know, the big, the big issues are crime and inflation, and you can't buy a loaf of bread. And you're right. It'll be $10 a loaf. And then the people in the, in, the, in the communities that don't have any money, they don't have any money to buy the bread. More stealing will become. And you know what? This abortion thing, what's the news? That was their number one issue. This piece of garbage 
animal laying on the floor with these plastic balls popping out of the coop, popping out of the caboodle there, whatever the hell was going on there. This is <laughs> it was what nasty. They this is what they they're worrying about. They're worrying about abortion. I'm certainly not worrying about abortion. I'm worried about uh, life and, and, and preserving life. I'm worried about the crime is number one. Inflation to me is number two. And it doesn't mean because, uh, you know, I have any more than anyone. I worry about the people that are working on minimum wage. I have a lot of security guards that are making $18 an hour, and they're bringing home a check for a few hundred dollars. How in the hell are they going to feed their families? And this is going to directly impact everyone. That then turns into crime. And then you want to know something? You start to say to yourself, well, if he's going to steal formula for his baby or she's going to steal formula, you know, I, I, I kind of understand it, but we've got to start stop this. But instead, we got this moron, this moron in the White House. And uh, again, you know, you, you guys don't remember when Hunter Biden's laptop was recovered in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, by that guy, John Paul Isaac. I spoke to him. I was with Rudy Giuliani at the apartment, at his apartment. Everything Rudy Giuliani said was on that laptop. I saw it with my own eyes. This man was getting death threats. We, I called up the local precinct there for the police to protect him because he was getting death threats. But nobody wants to understand. No one wants to see it. They can't see it. Then we have an environment where a punk like this, Will Smith, slapped this other guy, Chris Rock. Now it's a, it's a fashionable thing. If you're a comedian, you're going to get punched in the face or you're going to get slapped. This is the society that's happening. The criminal element of our society now is overtaking the calm and the loving side of our society. It, it just kills me that, that, that this is happening in our country. And it makes me feel like, where are we going? And you guys talk about it. Thank God for both of you guys talking about it every day. You've turned this show into the information source where people can listen. And you don't have to listen to this bullcrap. And that punk from Channel 7, I'm with you, but I like to punch him. He used to wear an American flag, a detective, uh, a pin on his on his jacket. And then Disney, those fruitcakes from Disney, said, take that police pin off your jacket. You know what he did? He took it off his jacket. Of he He's did. a punk. He interviewed wow. me. And you know what, punk? If I see you again, I'll slap you. Hey, it's great <laughs> New York City. There's no bail tonight. So I think I'll slap him for you, Bernie. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get out. But, uh, yeah, the Bill Ritter reporting on uh, the the supposed protests over the weekend and does, doesn't report on the, the the attack, the assault on our sacred Catholic churches, omits that with all the videotape, that lady you were talking about with the dolls hanging out of her, her, her vagina simulating fetuses. I mean, you know, I mean, listen, all, all you need to know about Bill Ritter, too, besides what you just talked about, Bernie, which is bad enough, is he's a Jewish guy that believes that the Palestinians – deserve more. And Israel is uh, being abusive with their power. That's all you need to know about Bill Ritter. He's another liberal <laughs> schmuck. You know what? Uh, he's probably, probably going to be speaking our at the... Our, our great ally of Israel, believe me, is coming there. And we got to support them 100%. And you know, a lot of people haven't seen what's going on. you got a couple of psychopaths stabbing people to death over there. It's coming over there. We have to be supportive of our only ally that stands up to us. Because I tell you right now, if we got into a, a ruffle with Russia, Israel be right, would have our backs, and they have great technology. And you know what? We must support Israel. And when you bring in AOC over government DeSantis, 
that's a disgusting group, and you wanted us in the Museum of Jewish Heritage to kiss my white butt. And on top Absolutely. of it, while we're at it, while, while we're at it, just see what's on TV now. Now they got a new show, Love in the Jungle, on Discovery. You put people, it's like the animal kingdom. You smell each other. You buzz around like a friggin' bee. And then you, if you want to go have a little sex with patience, this is what's on television. Where are we going? Is this Sodom and Gomorrah? What's the name of that thing? Sodom and Gomorrah? What's the name yeah, of that? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Sure, that's Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what it is. Uh, it was, that's where you get the word sodomy from. And Gomorrah, it's complete and total degeneracy. And, yeah, you have that on TV. On, uh, I don't even know what channel it is, but uh, that's where we're headed, Bo. It's, uh, go ahead. You know, that's where we're going right now, Bernie and Sid. And I just love you guys. Now they want to give back the student loans. What about the poor people that busted their butt and paid their student loans off? Now they want to give everyone else free. Now what about, what are we going to do with the ones that paid all that money back? You've got to balance things out. When you borrow money from the bank, you have a mortgage, you got to pay it back. What is this showing? That means be a criminal, steal, get free things, and you don't have to pay it back. This is ridiculous. Please, guys. Don't stop talking every day. I listen to WABC, the whole lineup. I enjoy listening to the voice of freedom and the voice of America. Bernie said you guys should go national because you know what? You tell the truth. My well, man, thank Bo you, Bo. Thank you, thank, thank you so you. much. We Bo. love you, man. You, and you do tell the truth as yes, well. That's why yes. we have you on every week. So uh, thank you for that. Thank you for your appearance this morning. Stellar as yes. usual. Great job. The great, uh, iconic uh, NYPD hero, Bo Deedle, on the Bernie and Sid Show. Listen, we're going to speak to another woman who tells the truth on the medical front. Her name is Dr. Nicole Sapphire. A lot of uh, misinformation, if you will. Uh, uh, Nina Jankowicz, a scary poppins. She's going to straighten all that stuff out here on the Bernie and Sid Show. The number is one 800 If you want to contribute to the show in one, any way, shape, or form, Please give us a call. We're coming right back. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Call uh, listen, we heard everyone on that 77 WABC app. I did tell you about that already. Great appearance by Bo Deedle. He was terrific. Listen, you know, the uh, this whole thing about abortion or whatever, nobody wants to talk about abortion, really. And, uh, look, you have some respect for people who believe that uh, life begins at conception. Have some respect, even if you're one of these people who say, oh, abortions are okay up until 15 weeks or 23 weeks, whatever it is, which is what Roe v. Wade allows for. Just have a little respect. There was a guest on MSNBC, uh, and uh, this woman, I mean, there's really nothing to laugh at in this whole debate. Anyway, cut for, listen to this guest on MSNBC, what she said. Go ahead. I would like to find out who the leaker is so I can make sweet love to that person because that person is a hero (laughs) to me. Okay, and if the leaker, a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative. If the leaker is a Republican uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus. Oh, my God. And let them know. What is she? Is she crazy? 
Uh, yeah, she's a little bit crazy, a little bit, uh, oh, yeah. a little bit of a thing about, and and again, just shoving it in the face of the other, the other side. I mean, come on, it's really, it's not a laughing matter. I, I don't think so. Anyway, I mean, abortion Listen, I, I, because I, I, these I, people I, believe it's murder. I know they do, and 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 I read the tweet in the eight o'clock hour I sent out yesterday, which you did applaud early in the show. You got to respect both sides, and we'll we'll talk to Doctor Nicole Sapphire coming up at eight forty. Okay, and I'm telling you. That both sides can make an argument for their for their argument that the fetus is not up to about 15 weeks. It, it's not a lot. And then the other side. And all I'm saying is, look, let, let the like you're saying, let the other side have their opinion. Let the other side have their beliefs. You can disagree, right? I'm pro-choice, but I'm not okay with people standing in front of justices' houses. I'm not okay with people desecrating churches. But you can make a scientific argument, Bernie, at least for a, a couple of months. Both ways. I know you can. I've heard them both. And they both seem oh, sure, of course. relatively okay. That's why it's a difficult issue. It really is. It's, uh, you know, it's not black and white necessarily. A lot of gray area and a lot of uh, mitigating circumstances. You know, you, you throw in rape or whatever. Right. I mean, you just, it's, right. just, it's, just, right. it's just an awful uh, topic. And it's been dropped right in the middle of all the rest of the ugliness. Even Sarah Palin, she was with us yesterday talking about she found out that her kid had Down syndrome. And there are lots of mothers who can't handle that. And they would rather abort the baby. Now, credit well, to Sarah feet, Palin. Her, her, she had the baby, and it turns out he's a great kid. But I'm not going to knock somebody who says, I don't know if I can take care of that child. I'm not going to do that. I agree a, a thousand percent. If, if uh, you know, if it comes to, you know... Uh, a deformed baby in the third trimester, the doctor comes to you and he says, the baby is really going to be deformed. It's going to be a horrible life. It's going to take a toll on you and the rest of the family. Uh, if a woman decides, well, you know what? I don't want it. Uh, I don't want to have it. I respect that. I don't care. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just calling it as it is. I'm a reluctant uh, pro-choicer uh, because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to say that uh, people should be able to do what I would do, and I think – uh, that I, for example, if if uh, I had a a daughter and she got raped or or she made a bad decision, you know, I would kind of want I don't want her to be saddled with. I know there's you can adopt offer babies up for adoption, mm, not that easy. But uh, you know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. that easy. I agree yeah. with you 100. So, uh, percent Yeah, yeah. So viability, 15 weeks. That's a good compromise. 23 weeks. You know, somewhere along those lines, it's a good compromise. And again, a deformed baby, it's going to ruin a family. I mean, you have to be practical, ladies and gentlemen. You just have to be, in my humble opinion. What am I? What, 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 what the hell do I know over here, though? But either way, we're going to speak to Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Maybe she has some thoughts on that, on the Bernie and Sid show. A lot to come. Two more hours, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it right where it is. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
nightmare The shadow in the background of the moor The unsuspecting victim Of darkness in the valley We can live like Jack and Sally if we want Where you can always find I know, I just found out this morning This is uh, Luke Lebrano's favorite band, Blink-182 I guess Gabby Lopez loves him too Turns out my son Gabby, when he was a little kid He used to love this song, sing in the car He was four years old This is I Miss You by Blink-182 Little treat there for Luke and Gabby and uh, Gabriel. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, 806 on your Sunsplash. Gorgeous Tuesday morning. Gorgeous week. Temperatures between 65 and 70. A bit windy, but sunny all week long. And we've covered an awful lot already. Bo Deedle was great last hour. The lovely Dr. Nicole Sapphire coming up this hour. Lydia, too. And then uh, beat Bernie. Bernie, we were just talking about the... You know, the whole um, Roe versus Wade stuff. And I did mention this earlier today that I did promise when Elon Musk took over Twitter that I'd be more active because we love Elon, uh, Bernie and I. And uh, I've been really inactive for, on Twitter. A lot of Instagram, a lot of Facebook, but uh, not much Twitter. And I promised to tweet every day since. And I've done it just about every day. So yesterday I, uh, I did put this tweet out there into Twitterland. And it reads, at Sid Rosenberg, I'm pro-choice, pro-choice. To Bernie's point just moments ago, I'm pro-choice, but I also maintain great respect for the opposite opinion. I have zero patience for any ass, and then I added those four letters, synonymous with anus, for any ass blank who protests outside a justice's house or inside a Catholic church. Stop using RBG's name. She's on record admitting it was bad law. You morons, Ruth sent us. States will decide. Stop the BS. Nice job here by Eric Salas, who just put the tweet up at WABCradio.tv. You can watch it after the show. But that tweet that I put out yesterday afternoon at exactly 4.15 p.m., Bernard, says exactly what you just said moments ago. Show a little respect. That's it. So we need a little respect. That was a very good tweet. A very... uh... Very thoughtful, uh, solicitous, to use a $3 word, uh, tweet, and, and, and it, it captures everything, fact, sentiment, uh, and the way it's a, a civil tone, the way it should be. I mean, so uh, uh, kudos to you. Uh, that's, a, that's a damn good, thoughtful tweet. I like it a lot, man. Thank you. Well, I think you, you and I you are, you, <laughs> I know it's you are evolving into a very, very mature individual, and I, I like what I'm witnessing right here. Well, thank you, buddy. Uh, that means a lot coming from you. But I think you and I have been very fair uh, with this whole thing. But I tell you, who's hurting himself with this now? And the last couple of weeks have not been good for this guy. And I've endorsed this guy from day one. You know that. I have not jumped off the horse yet, even though I've admitted that Andrew Giuliani, every time he comes on, impresses the hell out of me. I know you feel the same way. I like your guy, Rob Astorino, too. But I've never gotten off the Lee Zeldin horse. I've been on that thing the whole time. And, you know, now Harry Wilson puts out a commercial that he's voted with Cuomo time and time again. Astorino told us the same thing. Then we find out he tried to get Andrew Giuliani off the ballot or keep him from getting on the ballot, I should say. And, and Astorino. Right, and Astorino. And then he does this really stupid thing. I mean, Lee, you got to be smarter than this. He's going to hire a pro-life health commission? I mean, you're in New York, Lee. You're in New York. I hate to tell you, but you got to play to the audience. This is not a red audience. So now he has to come back today and say, maybe I didn't really mean that. I mean, Lee Zeldin, I love you. Very smart guy. Iraq war hero, uh, great politician most years. But he continues to shoot himself in the foot here, Bernard. 
He, uh, I didn't hear this. He said he was going to hire a pro-life health commissioner. Yes, yes. How you going to uh, well, How you going to win the gubernatorial in New York if you're going to hire a pro-life commission? And now, of course, he said, "Well, maybe I'm not going to do that." <laughs> well, I think he's playing. You know what happens in the primaries is you run to the right. Uh, if you're a Republican, you run to the right, and then during the general election, you run back to the left. Yeah. That's him running to the right right now, trying to outflank both Giuliani and Astorino, pandering really to the uh, Republican side. And so, it, it, you know, speaking, of, I'll, I'll borrow uh, Tom Swazi's word. Uh, what he said there was uh, pretty inartful, even if he intends to do it. I mean, just, uh, you know, dummy up about it right yeah, now. But here's the worst I part. Mean, here's the worst part, and you just said it. What was the big issue with Tom Swazi? The big issue with Tom Swazi was, Bernard, he said one thing on our show, and then he came back and, and went against it. That's what right. Zeldin has done here. Page two, today's New York Post. Zeldin changes tune on pro-life health chief. So if you're going to say it because you're going to run to the right, like you're saying, which is very smart, right? I got to beat Giuliani. I got to beat uh, Wilson. I got to beat Astorino. But then he comes back and says, well, I'm not going to do that. And that's where you get yourself into tons of trouble. Oh, Stick sure, by it. Sure. Yeah, once you uh, made the, the claim, I think it's, it's probably uh, the better decision to stick by it than to flip-flop. I mean, I might, might agree with you on that. I'm not sure. He, he never should have committed to that in the first place. One way or another, he should have sort of dodged it. You know, there's a clever way to do things, and uh, that's what I've been saying. For example, Giuliani, quick on his feet, but uh, Rob Astorino, extremely rapid. Uh, you know, he's just he's like Usain Bolt on his feet. He's great <laughs> like that. He's very fast. He's a great politician. He's not stupid, and he can, uh, you know, he'll run circles around somebody like Kathy Hochul, whereas you just witnessed Lee Zeldin putting his foot in his mouth. I mean, he, he, he look, he's, a, he's an Iraq War guy, veteran, served the, the country great, a great congressman and all that stuff. But, I mean, we want to win electability. We don't want somebody who's stumbling around and, uh, you know, making mistakes. We want somebody who's strong, quick, and uh, resolute, not flip-flopping all over yeah. the place. And yep. Those are my concerns about Zeldin versus, say, my guy, Rob Astorino. No, listen, I'm still sticking with Zeldin. But when Lee comes on, for example, if he came on tomorrow and we pressed him, hey, Lee, why would you keep Astorino or try to keep, I should say, why would you try to keep Astorino and Giuliani off the ballot? Why would you tell folks you're going to hire a pro-life commissioner? Why would you blah, blah, blah? And then what he does is he deflects. And I love Lee, and I'm sticking with him, but I can't stand that. Well, that's not the issue. The issue is, well, we know about Kathy Hochul. We know about the bail reform. Tell us why you're doing the things that you're doing, these missteps during this campaign, when, in fact, you're out in the lead. You know, if you just shut up, you're going to win this thing in all likelihood. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Listen, there are ways to do these things uh, that he's doing that we wouldn't catch him. Again, that's the part of being a, a politician that he doesn't necessarily have. Not the most glib guy, not the slickest dude. And you need to be slick and glib, etc. If you're going to get in the arena of politics, you have to be, even though, uh, you know, that's why you know, people don't have a lot of respect for politicians because of the the, the slickness. But I mean, they have you, just intelligence uh, dictates that you have to be that way in order to survive. And again, Astorino has all of those qualities, the good ones, the bad ones. He knows how to play them, when, when to play them. And that's why, that's why I went with him in the first place, because I'm thinking, I'm thinking November. I'm not thinking the, the primaries. 
I'm thinking November when he's, uh, uh, you know, dancing around with Hochul or potentially Tom Swazi, he's going to run circles around those people, whereas I don't see Lee Zeldin having the, the capability to run circles around anybody. Is that because you, you feel like he's, you know, he kind of tries to respect both sides? Or what? what is it? It's the lack of charisma. What it, is it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's the, the latter. It's the lack of... I mean, it's just it's it's a personality trait. Yeah. It's, some people have it, some people don't. I don't think he necessarily has it. He's he's he he would make a terrific governor, but again, you have to win, and it's elect. That's what I'm talking about, electability. And I think uh, again, somebody like uh, Astorino, hmm. who came damn close uh, uh, against the smug thug a couple of years ago. Right. I think against a, a very weak and very ineffective. Uh, much disliked politician like Kathy Hochul. Right. I think you'd do very well. Whereas Zeldin would be, he kind of would be, you know, tied with that person. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, well, somebody, go ahead. don't get me wrong. Uh, while I'm endorsing Zeldin, I couldn't agree more. We need to win, right? We need to win. So if somebody can prove to me, which is impossible, it's impossible. Uh, this is all based on opinions and, and subjectivity. But if somebody can prove to me that Astorino, for example, has a better chance of beating Hochul, I jump on Rob's force tomorrow because we need to win this, right? We, we got this dopey mayor, this Democrat, Eric Adams, who's the worst. You know, maybe not as bad as de Blasio, but uh, too close for my comfort. And now we can't afford to have a dopey governor, too. So I'm with you. If it means that Astorino's got a better chance of beating Hochul than Zeldin, I'll take Astorino. I'll take Harry Wilson, who gave money to Bragg. I don't care. Just give me the guy that's going to win. So on that point, I think you're 1,000% right. Um, you, you don't have to make a decision until the, the primary itself. So right, uh, right. you can chill. You can you know, you keep your position now about Zeldin, but you it, it, it reserve the right to make a change. Okay. I like what I'm hearing. So last night, the Rangers took another beating, giving up a touchdown to the Penguins now in two consecutive games, seven goals. Uh, but it's not about the Ranger game last night where I'm going now. During the game last night, Sid the Kid, the other great Sid, Sidney Crosby, he uh, had another great game, and he moved into seventh, I believe, all-time scoring NHL playoffs. But just to show you how great Wayne Gretzky was, he's still like 120 points behind Gretzky, who I think at 260 points has the most points of all time. And Wayne Gretzky's nickname, for folks that don't know, was the great one. And Gretzky is the greatest hockey player of all time. Like, you could argue LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Most people will say Jordan in our generation. But you can argue it. There's no argument with Kretzky. Depends. It's over. Done. Yeah. Lemieux, Bobby Orr, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, Bobby Orr. Yeah, so Bobby Orr. Please. Uh, Gordie Howe, I don't care. Uh. So they called him the great one. But there's another great one, if you folks uh, follow this station. And his name is Mark Levin. Who uh, dubbed him the great one? Was that self-appointed self, uh, there, Bernie? No, Do you know? That, that, was, that was Rush Limbaugh. Oh, wow. Well, he used to... He used to speak, uh, he was a close confidant of Rush Limbaugh's. Wow. And Rush recognized his genius early on and dubbed him the great one. Wow, that's a big deal coming from Rush Limbaugh, the late, great Rush Limbaugh. So Levin is on this station every weeknight at 6. He's got a huge, huge national audience. He's a legitimate superstar in the conservative talk radio field. And, of course, he's got a TV show, too, at Fox News. And he became aware of something last night he had not known before last night. And uh, while he makes this announcement, he's got nice things to say about my guy. This is courtesy of Mark Levin and WABC. Going back to last night, thanks to Chris Libertini for sending me this. Here's Mark Levin on one Bernard McGurk. By the way, on WABC, Bernie, Mr. Producer, 
I didn't know he had prostate cancer. That's public, right? Bernard McGurk. I didn't know that, Bernie. God bless you, buddy. And we wish you all the best here. He's been a good, good friend over the years. And I wish him all the best. He's, he's actually hilarious, smart as hell, and a true blue winger. May I say that? I think I will. <laughs> what a sweet guy. Listen, yeah, yeah, we go way, way back, and uh, he just just a terrific guy, you know, I'm moved by that, actually. And, uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Mark Levin. Uh, honestly, thank you for that. And thank you for being a voice, a presence on the national scene and making a difference in this, uh, you know, the political discourse. But on a personal note, uh, he is just, you know, behind the scenes. You know, he, 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 wrote, he wrote books about dogs. I mean, any guy, you know, I know Hitler was a dog lover as well. <laughs> but Mark Levin, uh, I mean, he was so, so distraught when his dog passed away. Yeah. And he's just a good person, a good individual. I know that uh, from behind the scenes. And uh, so, anyway, I, I didn't know about what you, would, what you just played there. But uh, thank you, uh, great one. That's right, he said it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's nice hearing that from all kinds of people and uh, – so I don't know what else to say except I don't want to start crying here. I'm not going to. But uh, that uh, that is very, very moving. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you Wake for up. playing it. Thank you for, thanks for playing it. Thanks for get, uh, and airing it. Thank you. Got you. It, I appreciate it. No, of course, of course. Coming from him, that's a big deal. And uh, everything you said about you is exactly right. Quick shout-out to Joe the Box listening right now from that beautiful warehouse out in Wonkonkoma. My buddy Matt Goldstein as well. We have two lovely ladies in a row coming up. Don't ever say... Bernie and Sid don't love the ladies. Lydia Reports is coming up next. And then Fox News, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Keep it right here. A very exciting 8 o'clock hour on a Tuesday morning rolls on with Bernie and Sid. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, not only has the White House and every single Democrat refused to condemn violence from the left when it comes to the Supreme Court leak, the Roe v. Wade, I mean, Isaki Still and Schumer there. I mean, the fear mongering, the incitement, the hyperbolic rhetoric coming from the entire left wing. And of the worst of them all, forget about Saki and Schumer, is, is Nancy Pelosi actually congratulating these people yesterday. Yes, and on calling their actions righteous. It's disgusting. So now Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, you know, Beetlejuice, listen to what she <laughs> tweeted last night. She wrote, to my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. We will not surrender our rights without a fight, a fight to victory. What is she, a call to arms? A call to call arms? To they arms. have a plenty of mm. arms in Chicago. They have plenty of arms in, in Chicago and plenty of shootings. 2021 was Chicago's deadliest year in a quarter century since 1996, and its crime rate is 67% higher than the national average. But she wants to now weigh in on this Roe v. Wade stuff and say call to arms? Who, do, who does she think she is? These are stupid people, to quote the, the great Donald Trump. She's a moron <laughs> is what she is. She's just a fool, an idiot, call to arms. I mean, uh, is, is, is there not enough violence out there? I mean, the woman is a complete jackass. Uh, she's not a serious person. Uh, the fact that she was elected to a high office, even in a liberal city like Chicago, 
is uh, it's just mind-boggling. I mean, it, it speaks to the electorate there just as much as uh, de Blasio's election spoke to the electorate here in New York City. Just a, a, a complete and total waste of time. And to be speaking like that, so irresponsible, call to arms. Shut up, lady. That's all I could say. And why is it taking so long for them to figure out who did this leak? Could you imagine if this leak was a result like something to do with uh, Justice Sotomayor? You know, anybody from the left wing of the Supreme Court? Why, why is it taking so long? Yeah, what's up with that? that? That is a good question. Well, I'll tell you why. Because the FBI has become an arm of the Democratic Party. That's one of the reasons why. They, they're on the same side. Uh, the deep state is real. So uh, maybe it, it doesn't, uh, you know, it, maybe they're, they're happy that the leak was put out there to distract, of course, from all the failures that we're witnessing from inflation, crime, and uh, the border, all that stuff, formula shortages, uh, you know, everything. The, uh, again, uh, the FBI uh, has, has, has not acquitted itself well in the past few years. Of course, the, uh, it's, it's blamed on the, you know, the, uh, the rank and, not the rank and file, but the uh, leadership. Yeah, the head. The rank and file are good, good people, but, but still, I mean, yeah, why, is it, why the hell is it taking so long? This is not exactly rocket science. It's, it's down to like 16 people, 16 law clerks, I believe is the number. Uh, it's, it's, what is it? It's nine times, actually nine times three. So that would 27. be 18, 27. 27 yeah. people is what it is. And, well, I mean, uh, you know, if they cared so another... much about black, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was going well, to say, ahead, if finish. they care so much about black lives, so you look at the statistics, black women make up about 7% of the American population. Yet when it comes to abortion, it's about 37%. So when you look at it, it's they're Thank making you. quite it's it's you know, we, and what about the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger? She was a eugenist. She was a white a supremacist, a yep. racist. And you see where all the clinics are. And yet Lightfoot, that's what's so sad and so confusing about all of this. Just the number of black children that have been killed. Black Lives Matter. These radical leftists, they don't care about black lives. They certainly don't care about black children. 50 black kids have been killed across the country. Nobody's saying anything. They're too busy buying large mansions. That's what BLM should stand for now. And now they're trying to make Roe v. Wade into some kind of Me Too movement when it's it's a horrible thing. I, I've never I, I mean, I have a friend who she had she had an abortion and she was like agonizing over it. She was agonizing over it. So, you know, this was, you know, 20 years ago and stuff like that. But I mean, for the Letitia James to be standing up and be like, I had an abortion and being proud of herself and these protesters going to churches, they should be ashamed of themselves. They're it's a horrible thing. No, no matter yeah. how you feel, I think most most people, regardless, even if they're pro-choice are pro-life. And the fact that they want to glamorize this and make it into some kind of civil rights movement is really disgusting, in my opinion. They make me sick. They all make me sick. Hey, listen, here are the stats. They're, the black women comprise 6% of the population. Uh, you know how many uh, black women of, of all the abortions performed? 40% are performed on black women. So, yes, I mean, a white supremacist should actually be for abortion, right? You're aborting all these black babies. I mean... If you want to get right down to some ugly uh, sentiments, it's, it's it, that's what happens. You have all these black babies are being killed. I don't know if the, a lot of these people realize that. But uh, listen to, uh, speaking of Lori Lightfoot, she said this about the whole Roe v. Wade crap 
uh, just yesterday. Uh, play Lori Lightfoot, please, Louie. I'm calling upon fellow elected officials across the country and particularly my fellow mayors to join me in making the pledge that we made today, which is a justice for all pledge. And fundamentally, it reaffirms Chicago as a welcoming city, a city that doesn't discriminate and a city that's going to stand with women. And Chicago is going to be an oasis in the Midwest and we've got to be ready. And I hope that other electeds across the country will join me in making that pledge. Our cities have to be a safe haven to protect our rights against discrimination in any form. Come to so Chicago least, and kill your baby. Yeah. Well, that's what Le- Letitia James Woo! did the same thing yesterday. Uh, but here's the thing. At least we're getting close to admitting the truth, which they won't <laughs> admit on the fake local news. The truth is that nothing changes. Nothing changes in these liberal states and cities in New York, in the tri-state area. Nothing changes whatsoever. Well, you right. can have an abortion at, at, at up until the date of delivery, for right. God's sake. Those, those don't change. But the, the funniest part about that whole Lori Lightfoot little diatribe you played there, Bernard, was uh, she described Chicago as a safe haven. Forget about abortions. People are getting shot there in huge numbers every single day. There's a better chance the yeah. lady will get murdered with her uh, uh, child in her stomach on the way to the clinic that's getting shot in Chicago. Uh-huh. Those two words, Very- safe haven, make no sense in the city of Chicago. You have a Very 1 in true. 39 chance, a 1 in 39 chance of being a victim of a crime in Chicago. Yet their population is, is what is it, like 3 million compared to, like, uh, New York City? Yeah. I mean, she she's an embarrassment. And also, another thing, you saw how they're going to Justice Alito's house and they're going to all the justices' houses. Kavanaugh's house cops. last night was the scariest so far. That was really scary. It was. And remember during the riots, they were going to Lightfoot's neighborhood. They blocked off her whole block. Remember that? Yes. They had the cops that they you couldn't even go down her block. So you tell me, why are the police affording a protection to this Beetlejuice whack job mayor? But yet when it comes Uh. to our Supreme Court justices, the police are basically nowhere to be found. That whole area should have been on lockdown and they're violating a federal law. It's a, I think it's like, I, I'm not a lawyer, but it's like U.S. Code 18-1507, no parading or picketing in front of federal offices to, to influence a, a, a decision. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're in, using intimidation tactics to try and make these judges change their minds. And thank God, I don't think they're going to do it because let's be real, a killing your child or whatever, it's, it shouldn't be afforded to you by the Constitution. It shouldn't be a constitutional right. You know, and well, I think whether, the whether or not it sh- whether or not to abortion. Excuse me, I'm sorry, lady, but whether or not it should or should not be, the fact is, it's not in the Constitution. That is the fact. That's why it's bad yeah. law. But let's listen. Let's just, uh, if briefly, if I can digress, follow up on the uh, the fact that uh, somebody said that uh, black women will suffer the most as a result of this uh, Roe v. Wade overturn this opinion draft, saying that Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Black women will suffer the most. And to that, Candace Owens, a black woman who is pregnant right now, she said this. Please play it, Lou. 
I think we're going to have to get a definition from Jen Psaki on what it means to suffer. Is it, has this become another word for saying to be born? Because she's correct that more minority people will be born, uh, given the fact that 79% of Planned Parenthood clinics are in minority neighborhoods, and given the fact that the Planned Parenthood founder, Margaret Sanger, was a no notorious racist, you know, notorious eugenicist, who didn't want black people to be able to populate. And by the way, exactly. she was tremendously successful. You know, you look at the statistics and you understand that you have a population-sized black women that represents just 7% of the population in America that account for over 40% of all of the abortions. If it wasn't for Planned Parenthood, if it wasn't for the abortion industry, uh, the black population would be virtually double today. Over 19 million black babies have been aborted since the 1973 decision. Wow. So there you have her uh, laying it out, Candace Owens. Thank God for her. My God. And, and again, for folks that don't realize this, she is a black woman. Uh, absolutely. She is a black woman. Hey, Lydia, that was a great report. Thank you for that. Thank you. Cats at night, 5 o'clock. Also, ch check out the New York Post. Uh, we have a great ad there about the Cats at Night show being the number one show across the nation in that time slot. So it's incredible what Cats Matidis has done. I mean, in just a few short months, the guy has, like, quadrupled the ratings and we're beating Sean Hannity. And it's all because he just tells the truth. He gets the biggest newsmakers from around the world. And we all fit it in in that one hour. I mean, it's jam-packed with information. Cats at night, 5 o'clock, the truth and nothing but the truth. It is really good. Yes, at 5. Lydia Serrano on the Bernie and Sid Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Eight forty one, gorgeous Sunsplash Tuesday morning, New York City. About sixty seven, windy and sunny today. Gorgeous all week long. Some rain on the weekend, but not a complete washout like last weekend. Temperatures closer to seventy as the week moves along. Spring is here. Summer is right around the corner. It's a beautiful time of year. Talking about beautiful. Our next guest saw her on Fox News yesterday. Been on the show with us many, many, many times, dating back to the early days of COVID. Always does an outstanding job. It's our good friend, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Nicole, Sid, Bernie, how are you? Hello, Doc. Good morning, Doc. gentlemen. How are you? It is uh, great to have you back. And uh, how we, ironic we, is it? How ironic is it that as we're about to start this discussion, this is true now, Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, was just on MSNBC. I know that because you've got a bunch of television screens in and around our radio studio. And what was she discussing? This outbreak of COVID, this new strain, these new cases, as if, Nicole, as if hospitals are filling up, people are dying, as if it's a major issue. You tell us. Maybe it is. What's the deal with this new strain? Well, first of all, we have to stop with the, uh, unfortunately, what, every time people get on the news and they keep talking about all these new variants, um, it gives people a, a sense of fear and a sense of panic. And uh, 
these variants thus far, all of them thus far that have come out have essentially been less severe, causing a lower hospitalization and death rate when it comes to how many people are actually being infected. So yes, while we see cases rising and falling, which we have now been accustomed to with these seasonal variations of these new variants, when you look at just the numbers, yes, you will see a rise in cases. And because of just the sheer number, if more people are infected, you will have more people being hospitalized with it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that these variants are more severe. It just means that it's still circulating. And at this point, we have done what we could do in terms of vaccines and boosters and treatments and natural immunity and accessibility to testing. We have to move forward as a community. The only way to get to that zero cases is to just be in a perpetual state of isolation, which we know is not good for us. So it's not helpful when people go on TV and say, oh, cases are rising. And then people start pointing fingers saying, oh, this is because we're loosening mask mandates. Well, that's not true at all. Stop blaming the public for arising cases. This is a highly contagious viral pathogen that we don't have a tool to stop. The best we could do is lessen our chance of severe illness. And we've been doing that, which is why hospitalization and death rates when it comes to the amount of people infected have dropped drastically, even lower than flu in many populations. So, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, if I may uh, be a little cynical here, I, I'm thinking, uh, well, this is an election year, and they're talking about this fall and winter, early winter, and, of course, November of 2022 is that target date right there. Uh, it's time for mail-in ballots because people can't stand in line to vote, in, you know, as we used to do years ago, vote uh, and have the uh, tally, uh, you know, all tallied up in one night. In other words, it's a political ploy so that they can cheat their way into a victory in another election. Those are my opinions. I mean, uh, any any of those, you're, you're an astute observer of the scene. You can widen, uh, uh, you know, broaden your horizons a little bit from medicine. Do you think uh, there's any of that involved, perhaps? Of course you can. Well, sure. I mean, I talked about that in depth in the, my book that came out last year, Panic Attack. I mean, this is a, a, a textbook political ploy when it comes to campaigns. Vote for me and I'll save your life. Vote for me and I'll save your job. Vote for me. I'll save everything in the world because I'm magical. And we know that that's just not true. So what do we have to see when we get into election cycles? Yes, they want to make you feel vulnerable. And if you don't vote for them, you will perish. And that is the feeling that they want to incite in you. And COVID has, of course, been manipulated as such making sure people are living in this perpetual state of fear so that they will align with whichever politician promises to vote for them. But I think at this point, Americans are much smarter than that. Listen, what did we hear from then-candidate Biden? He said, I will squash the virus. I will get rid of the virus. Yet he took over as president. He was handed the vaccines. He completely dropped the ball when it came to testing. And in the beginning, they dropped the ball on the treatments. We couldn't get enough out to people. And at the end of the day, they finally admitted, never mind, we can't squash this virus. And maybe we need to change our rhetoric because nothing that's coming out of our administration or the public health officials are actually following the science at this point. So I think Americans are much smarter than that. Will we start hmm. seeing some no. of that propaganda on the media making everybody fearful again? Absolutely. It happens every time there's an election. But, again, I think um, Americans have really um, smartened up and 
don't really don't really listen to what the White House and even maybe the CDC in some aspects are saying anymore. I think it depends where you are. I lived for four years on the Upper West Side. They did not smarten up, and they wear three, four masks at a time even now in 70-degree temperatures. Now where I live now, they have smartened up. They were never stupid. They knew from day one this was all nonsense. But I think it depends where you are. For example, I take the ferry home every day, and they still make you wear a mask on the ferry. Now, I go to the second floor, which is outside, but they're still making you wear a mask from Wall Street to the Rockaways on the ferry, which is ridiculous. Now, let's move to a Roe versus Wade. I made the point to Bernard moments ago, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, that uh, at least early on, early on with the pregnancy, both sides can make a valid point, right? Pro-life people, well, that's a living fetus. And people like me who are pro-choice, well, not really. Is that true that at least early on in the pregnancy, both sides can make a decent scientific argument? So listen, when it comes to talking about abortion, this is certainly not as binary as people are wanting to make it. And whether you're talking about early on, because some people argue that, you know, the heartbeat or the heart flutter can start as early as six weeks. Um, they say that, that this, you know, some people say that's no different than the actual heart beating at 38 weeks gestation. Well, yeah. So at, at the end of the day, it really boils down to what you define as a living human being. And I think that, you know, there are medical reasons why one can argue to terminate a pregnancy will save the mother. Um, but it's not something that I could even step into arguing because I can argue both sides of that equation and it's going to upset people on both sides because it's not just about science. It's not just about medicine. It's about religion, emotion, um, and the socioeconomic of the outcome. So, you know, it's a really, it's a really difficult discussion, but I think the bottom line, what is more black and white is that for people who feel very strongly against abortion, whether it's abortion at one-week gestation or 40-week gestation, certainly taxpayer dollars should not go to funding that because it is morally uh, reprehensible to individuals, and their hard-earned dollars should not go towards abortions. No, that's a very good point, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, here on the Bernie and Sid Show. But one thing that uh, I would imagine, maybe, I think is kind of black and white, which is viability. Viability at, is it 15 weeks? Is it 23 weeks? Does Dr. Nicole Sapphire, do you know, is the medical science settled on when a fetus becomes viable? Because that seems to be the argument as far as going forward. That's the question asked of Democrat politicians. How far are you willing to go in as far as abortions go up to what week? And so my question to you is uh, when does viability occur? Well, wouldn't that be great if it really was that simple to answer? Uh, viability changes <laughs> by the date. It changes where you're located in the world. Um, you know, we could actually have infants that are born at 22, 23, 24 weeks. They can spend months in an incubator, months in the NICU, and they can survive. Certainly that they will have some health challenges, but they can survive. But what about the child with a severe heart congenital anomaly who they they won't have they don't have a chance at 38 weeks let alone 22 weeks it's not as black and white but i do agree okay. that there is a certain point where if you have a seemingly otherwise healthy uh, fetus at 30 weeks 32 weeks 34 weeks there's no known congenital malformations in them 
you know, it's hard for me to wrap my head around terminating that pregnancy when if you could just birth that child, it could live a healthy life. It just needs parents that will love it. Yeah, no, that's murder. It is very hard to wrap my head around that. No, me too. Listen, I'm pro-choice. I am pro-choice. I'm on record saying it a million times. When you get to 32 weeks, that's murder. Dr. Nicole Sapphire on here with uh, Bernie and Sid. So uh, I was watching you yesterday on Fox News talking about this couple in the Bahamas, these uh, travel agents, who went to, it's a lovely place. I've been to Sandals. This is not some, you know, rickety place on, on Freeport. It's, you know, it's, a, it's one of the banter sections of the Bahamas, which I still go to. I like it there. And they both end up dead, something with refrigeration. What kind of crazy story is this? You know, we, we, first of all, we don't know what's going on. We have three people dead. One is being treated in Florida and is said to be paralyzed at this time. Two are from one family. Two are from another family. They weren't traveling together. They were staying in separate villas. So what is the common denominator there? How did what caused them to have such severe injury and death? So there are a lot of theories right now. One uh, someone posted on social media, it's possibly the coolant from the AC unit. Well, okay, did they share an AC unit? Were their villas connecting? Because it would be a very, very, very rare occurrence to randomly have two separate AC units both with a coolant leak. Um, However, Freon leaks can absolutely cause a sudden death syndrome, so that is a viable possibility. You also start thinking of food poisoning, but then, again, you would think that there would be a lot more people sick and wouldn't necessarily see such severe outcomes. Uh, Did they have unintentional drug overdoses where it came from a single source? Who knows? Was there pesticides? Who knows? We need those autopsies. The bottom line is we have to get to the bottom of this because three people dead on the exact same day, that is something severe. And, um, you know, we don't want anybody else near that until you 100% know what caused um, those deaths. Absolutely right. A lot of questions uh, rather than answers at this point. Again, Dr. Nicole Sapphire on the Bernie and Sid Show. Doc, I will take it back to uh, the uh, COVID situation because you did tweet this out, and this is important. A long-term school closures was a massive failure perpetuated by the teachers' unions and the CDC with no clinically significant benefit to show for it. So are any of these people going to be held accountable? And tell us about how damaging these school closures were because going forward we have to learn from this. Listen, let's let's rewind over two years ago now when we had a new virus. We knew nothing about it. We just knew hospitals were overflowing. People were dying. We didn't know how to test it. We certainly didn't know how to treat it. Um, To take kids out of school for a couple of weeks while we kind of got our bearings straight, that made sense. That made sense for about a two-week period. Um, Unfortunately, you had the teachers union truly lobbying to keep schools closed. I mean, let's be honest, people really liked working from home. It's a much easier job, especially the public schools. They didn't have a lot of live instruction. It's easier. You had teachers who were protesting with signs saying, do you want me to die for your child? Like, okay, calm down. While the rest of us, you know, first responders and stuff still go into work every single day. Okay. So that was, that was frustrating. Um, But over time, in August 2020, you started seeing um, Fair Health reported that there was an increase in emergency room visits among adolescents for mental illness. That was public. But yet you still had the CDC, the American Academy of Pediatrics. Everyone remained silent to the powerhouse lobby 
teachers union and many blue states specifically kept schools closed they kept intermittently closing schools into 2022 are you kidding me the cdc said about 70 percent of kids had some form of natural immunity by that time teachers were given priority for the vaccines at that point why were we still closing schools we had not one good study demonstrating closing schools had any benefit to community transmission and certainly didn't save a substantial amount of lives or hospitalizations that anyone could even publish on it people just didn't want the kids in school despite the fact that they were the lowest risk the lowest risk to transmit the lowest risk for severe outcomes and now we have this new study out of harvard that showed all that did the kids in the lower the lower socioeconomic areas, they have a much wider education gap now. So when we keep talking about oh, bridging the gap of equity and equality, well, all these school closures did, which was perpetuated by the teachers union, the CDC, and a lot of blue blue policymakers, all they did was widen that gap even further. No doubt. And again, they're still talking about it today. Again, on television just moments ago, the governor, uh, both MSNBC and, and CNN, this morning talking about this new variant and all the dangers that it poses. When you just heard Dr. Nicole Sapphire right here tell you hogwash. Oh, I love that word. It's a Joe Biden word. Hey, uh, Nicole, it's great to have you back. It's been way too long, so please keep coming back and enjoy the uh, the warm weather. You got those uh, young boys out there probably going, you want to Yankee games? Any, any big baseball games coming up? Basketball games? What do you got? We were at the Yankees for opening there weekend. My kids play basketball and baseball, so I've been to plenty of games, but Good. not necessarily the, the ones that I maybe would want to be going to. Right, right. Well, the Nets are done anyway. They got swept by the Celtics. But you were great again today, Dr. Nicole. Please keep coming back. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. All right. There she is, a two-time author, Fox News senior correspondent, big-time doctor at Sloan Kettering. That's our uh, good buddy, Nicole Sapphire. We will take a short break. It's been three great hours. Still lots more to do, including your chance at cash prizes on Beat Bernie coming up at 940, brought to you by Pete Morgan, the fourth and final hour of the Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid about to come your way. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's such a okay. No, I'm not. I'm it's hanging, bro. Well, don't look. No disguising it. We are black, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Again, heard everywhere in that 77 WABCF simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. And you will, you'll, you'll catch a lot, ladies and gentlemen, if you watch at WABCradio.tv on your smart TVs, your computers, etc. You will catch a lot. You know, there's nothing better than a uh, cold glass of orange juice when you're thirsty. It's better than water. My God, it's so sweet. It tastes like a, like a candy bar. It's delicious. It depends. Love it. it Just an aside. No, I what? agree with you. It depends. What? If it's if it's good juice, yes. But if it's not, see, uh, to me, sometimes orange juice is very acidic, and it bothers my stomach for hours. So if it's really good sweet juice, I agree with you a thousand percent. I love it. But if it's not. 
it does tend to be acidic. Just saying. Well, let's go with uh, Tropicana. Just a simple Tropicana How right from pulp? your refrigerator. How much pulp? Uh, I could I could take pulp or I could leave it. Either way, okay. uh, both of them taste good to me. But uh, I like it without pulp is great. I just had a glass and I downed it and it was like, damn, this is good. Uh, but uh, either either way, just, uh, it's just the small things in life. You know what I'm saying? I, it's I, just, I, just listen, a little thing. I agree. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, listen. So uh, first of all, Ed Koch, uh, you have this uh, poor bastard. He's been dead for a long time, and they're coming after him. You have that clip of Ed Koch. How am I doing? Ah, how am I doing? They're coming after him, AOC and uh, the New York Times, everybody. He wasn't a good gay guy. He wasn't good. He didn't help out with the. Yeah, listen. Go ahead. Do it again. Thank you. How am I doing? I think you were doing great, Ed Koch. I I, I have fond memories of Ed Koch. He was, as John Katzmatidis would say, a common-sense Democrat, a uh, Democrat with, uh, you know, a half a brain that would listen to other opinions, et cetera, et cetera. So they want to change the name of the Ed Koch Bridge. It's the 59th Street Bridge, not far from the radio station. And uh, first of all, nobody, in this case with the Ed Koch Bridge, it doesn't even matter. People still call it the 59th Street Bridge, but uh, symbolically they want to change it. I mean, just leave it alone. He was a great mayor. Uh, and I'm really against naming bridges after politicians because just for this reason, you know, it polarizes people. Some people are going to like the politicians, some are not. For example, the RFK Bridge. I mean, I don't want the Triborough to be the RFK Bridge. No. I want it to be the damn Triborough Bridge. Yeah, but just what leave about, it at that. You're right, but, but what about Kennedy Airport? I've never heard one person ever complain about John Kennedy and that airport. You know, it, it's, you're right about that, but if we had gone back to the 60s, I guess time uh, plus... Uh, you know, tragedy, tragedy plus time yeah, you're right. equals an, an an okay name for a uh, facility. You're right, but uh, but but if it's too close to, for example, Mario Cuomo, too close. Yeah, and plus it's got the smug thug Andrew Cuomo. He knew it was going to be called the Cuomo Bridge, essentially naming it after himself. Right, change that. Yeah. And it's, change uh, that. We way, want... not, not just Andrew, but his idiotic brother Chris, who spent night after night on television with Andrew and lying to the American right. public. They're both horrible people. You know, you look back at Kennedy, for example, and, and he's my wife's favorite president and so many others. I mean, people still cry today, 60 years after the day almost, that he was murdered. But you look back, and, and, and again, yeah, 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 great-looking guy and all those things, but you know, nearly got us blown up by freaking Cuba, was involved with uh, San Giancomo and the mob, you know, may have very well, well him and his brother murdered Marilyn Monroe. I mean, this guy was a mess. Hookers in and out of the Oval Office, uh, popping pills. He was really a mess. Yeah. He was a mess. He was a mess. Actually, he, he handled the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. That was one of his positive points. The, uh, his negative was the Bay of Pigs. And I'm not talking right, about the uh, pigs, you know, exactly. I'm not talking about a bathtub on the View. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, he, you know, he had the uh, the Cubans invade. We brought them back to the United States. They were here. We had them invade, and he said, "Don't you worry. We'll provide air cover. No, go on ahead. Go on. Just invade. We'll take care of you." And of course, they invaded, and uh, he was like, "Call off the Air Force. I don't care. Let them go. Let them die." And they did, they, and they got arrested. And that was a real low point for yeah. him in his administration. But the Cuban Missile Crisis, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that he handled that, uh, he yeah. diffused that yeah. in, a, uh, in a masterful way. So we will give him that. But he was a mess otherwise. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, just stop naming the, uh, bridges and facilities after politicians because they're never going to name it the, uh, you know, uh, let's see, 
They're never going to name something the uh, who's uh, the Ron DeSantis. No, the Ron, Ron DeSantis Airport. They're never going to do that. They again. hate Ron, him. Ronald Ray. Yeah, they they hate him, and, and I would love to see that, but they're not going to do it. So stop doing anything well, like it. In, in your lifetime, over sixty years, uh, and again, the Jewish, the Museum of Jewish Heritage just disinvited Ron DeSantis. Uh, but these people have invited AOC. So if you're considering funding the Museum of, of Jewish Heritage, do yourself a favor, if, especially if you're a Jew, and not do it. But in your lifetime, over 60 years, Bernard, has there ever been a politician that's been universally liked? Universally? Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's yeah, a that, very yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, no, none, of, none has been universally liked, no. I would say. But there are some who have had a majority of... Uh, you know, people say that, hey, that guy wasn't so bad. Like who? And I think it, 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 retroactively, I think if you look at a guy like Ronald Reagan, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time, he was very polarizing. Yes. I mean, people hated him because just that's the way the nature of politics, you know, you're going to fight the opposition. But as time uh, goes on, I think we could look back and see he was a great statesman and he was a damn good president. I, I agree. He took down the Berlin, the Berlin Wall. Yes. He restored us from the... Uh, you know, the stagflation and the malaise of the Jimmy Carter years into a vibrant, uh, a forceful uh, America. I mean, so uh, that, that's uh, th- those facts are undisputable. And also, the, so, he got the, the first thing he did, those hostages came home from Iran. That was it. That was as, as big a patriotic moment in my lifetime in nearly 55 years. I wonder, though, if you would say the same, if you're going to be fair about this, the first four-year term before he got impeached for the whole Lewinsky nonsense. What about the first four-year term for Bill Clinton? Uh, that's a good question. Just one quick thing on the hostages. Yeah. Uh, they, they were released the day Ronald Reagan was sworn in. Correct. In other words, he never did anything. Right. They, were, they just knew who they were going to be dealing with, and they were like, you know what? You better let him go. Let him go. Let, let the hostages <laughs> go. And they did. Yep. So it was just the idea that he projected the strength and uh, instead of weakness that they were released. It was just on that notion alone. Now, Bill Clinton, the first four years— Look, he failed the first two years big time. It was the uh, it was the 1994 uh, uh, the, the Newt Gingrich uh, take the contract with America. The, the, he, there was a big in his first term, just like there's going to be in Joe Biden's first term here in November of 2022. Uh, there was a sweep, a red wave, a Republican wave that swept through the Congress big time, and we had a, an enormous majority in both the uh, House and the Senate, and that forced Bill Clinton's hand. To, uh, to to course correct and and implement more moderate uh, sane policies, so yeah, the first term I'll give you that at least he did course correct. Whereas Joe Biden seems appears to be digging in with these radical woke tard policies. Interesting. So I'll give you that he had a okay. he had a good four years and he learned from his mistakes uh, because he had to because otherwise it was would have been a disaster. He would have had no victories, and uh, so he he did some good things in those first four years. I'll give you that. that those were a good four years. But those were. But, but it's funny. You were talking about Reagan. And it reminds me of somebody else. Reagan didn't have to do anything, right? And, and the hostages came home because, you know, his presence. And, and maybe people were intimidated. They know what he was going to do. And, and now you look at that uh, Russia-Ukraine war, which would not be going on right now. Or the Chinese considering invading Taiwan, which would never happen. Or North Korea firing missiles into the ocean. Right. Or Iran developing missiles. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? There's somebody else who used to be in power. A little bit. A little bit. I like what I hear. I like what I hear, Sydney. Very, very good. Absolutely right. Hey, listen, uh, this uh, peppermint punk, uh, peppermint patty looking punk, I should say. If I'm going to insult somebody, get it down right, would you? So anyway, this uh, Jen Psaki, <laughs> she's leaving this week. 
And we're gonna, she's going to be replaced by this nice, sweet little girl with this nice, you know, young lady, I should say, excuse me, with a nice smile. Her name is Karine Jean-Pierre, and she's very, very sweet. You better not say anything against her because she's also black and she's a lesbian, and you will be accused of many, many things, misogyny, homophobia, racism. But it turns out that this little sweet girl who, uh, oh, excuse me, young lady, who I told you yesterday called APAC, the American-Israeli Political Action Committee, a severely racist organization. It turns out she a tape just surfaced of her on uh, MSNBC's Joy Reid show talking about the Republican Party, excuse me, talking about Fox News, talking about Fox News. Now, she's going to have to be dealing with Fox News correspondents. She's going to be the White House spokesperson. This is what she said about Fox News on Joy Reid's show. Cut 35, please, Lil was racist before coronavirus they are racist during the coronavirus fox news will be racist after the coronavirus so there is nothing new here i think the difference is as they have been they are all in on being state tv for donald trump and so they will continue to give them mis- misinformation so wow. despite the sweet little smile mm-hmm. and she looks so cute and all this stuff yeah she's a vicious race baiter and an anti-semite and a rabid partisan. Keep that in mind. And She's how no ironic is it, right, she's talking about Fox News being racist, and she is talking to somebody who is undeniably the biggest racist on television, right. one Joy Reid. Exactly right. Bingo. Exactly right. Listen, another thing here, I discussed this earlier. I just want to uh, make it clear to people that this uh, defense secretary, Mark Esper, former Trump defense secretary, he's out there bashing Trump at every turn. He was on 60 Minutes. He was on with Brett Baer last night on Fox News. Donald Trump, he made these wacky, uh, he asked these wacky questions about, you know, shooting missiles at a Mexican drug factory and, uh, you know, bombing Iran, stuff like that, or hitting Venezuela, all things that really, really made sense. And, by the way, it's just Trump spitballing behind the scenes, thought it would be confidential, should have been confidential, but this uh, Yenta is out there telling, uh, you know, all the secrets. He should shut his mouth because, he, you know, it's only two years, two or three years removed. But either way, during that walk from the White House to the, uh, to the church that was burned down by Black Lives Matter in 2020, during that insurrection, the day before Black Lives Matter had tried to storm the White House, that was a real insurrection to the point where they took Donald Trump to the basement to hide him. Everybody forgets about that. Uh, but either way, I just want to make it clear that Mark Esper, after some criticism, after walking with the president, completely and totally caved to the woke mob. This guy who is a West Point graduate, you would think he would have a spine, but no. This is what he said a few days after making that walk with President Trump, who held up a Bible in front of the church. Like, uh, I mean, you, you would think he was, uh, you know, sawing the head off of some black orphan or something like that. He did a good thing. Either way, this is what Esper said two or three days later, 29 and 30. Go ahead, Lou. I did know that following the president's remarks on Monday evening, that many of us were going to join President Trump and review the damage in Lafayette Park and at St. John's Episcopal Church. What I was not aware of was exactly where we were going when we, when we arrived at the church and what the plans were once we got there. My hope is that instead of the violence in the streets, we will see peaceful demonstrations that honor George Floyd that press Ugh. for accountability for his murder, that move us to reflect about racism in America, and that serve as a call to action for us to come together and to address this problem once and for all. 
So there you have him totally, completely sucking his thumb, caving, yep. got a yep. little criticism. Tom Swazi. He panicked. <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. He totally panicked. And I hope we honor George Floyd. And that's what I was talking about. Well, you and me, Sid, uh, during those, th th that time when it was fashionable to throw the police under the bus, mm -hmm. as Esper just did right there, because yep. essentially yep. he sided with yep. the mutts on the other side who were trashing the cops and assaulting them as well. And instead of talking about, you know, they shouldn't be in the streets, they shouldn't be trying to storm the White House, you would think he would say something like that. Totally, totally cave. Just a disgraceful person, uh, this Mark Esper. So when you see him making the rounds, just completely ignore this uh, creep. And on that note, speaking of insurrections, that was an insurrection. But the January 6th thing, I just want to remind you, this is cut 34, Lou. Donald Trump at the Pennsylvania rally for Dr. Oz. By the way, that primary is a week from today. There is a West Virginia primary, but the big one is a week from today. I, know, Pennsylvania. I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, in that West Virginia primary today, Manchin is endorsing a Republican, yes? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yes? I believe that is the case. But either way, uh, just quickly as we run out of time, on the January 6th, uh, the January 6th deal, President Trump offered troops for, to protect the Capitol. This is what he said uh, over the weekend in Pennsylvania. Cut 34. Go ahead, Lou. Remember about January 6th, if I might. I am the one who strongly requested 10,000 military soldiers or National Guard to Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of D.C. on January 3rd because she's in charge of the Capitol, both of them. And she and the mayor turned it down. They didn't want it. They could have it or not. If they had listened to me and my recommendation, there would have been no January 6th, and the unselect committee of highly partisan political hacks and losers would never have been chosen, because we offered to have 10,000 soldiers circling the Capitol, so you would have never had a problem, but they turned it down, and now they're saying, conspiracy! Now, the Washington Post just won a Pulitzer Prize for their coverage of January 6th. Did they, did they get to the bottom of why Nancy Pelosi turned down the, that offer of troops Please. to protect the Capitol? Please. I don't think they did. And did they get to the bottom of why the Capitol Police were, were, were ushering people into the Capitol and why there were so many FBI operatives in the crowd ginning up trouble? Did they get to the, bo did they get to the <laughs> bottom of who, who, who laid the pipe bombs in front of Republican headquarters, in front of Democrat headquarters? Uh, I don't think anybody has. That guy that laid that pipe bomb down has been caught on videotape. Nobody knows who he is. Did the no. Washington Post find that out? Why did they win a Pulitzer Prize for their coverage of January 6th then? That's my know. question. Good question. They Either lied way, about Donald, everything. They lied about everything. But they, there you have it. Donald Trump tried to prevent January 6th, yet he gets blamed for it. And uh, it's, it's totally unfair. And, uh, by the way, uh, 2,000 Mules, one more thing, 2,000 Mules. I'm not going to play the clip, but you got to watch, if you can, 2,000 Mules. He documents, does Dinesh D'Souza in the six swing states, especially the cities in those states, uh, he, he actually on videotape shows you the stuffing of the ballot boxes by the same people over and over again coming back, stuffing the boxes with thousands of ballots. So, yes, the election was A, stolen, and B, rigged before Election Day by big tech, the media, and the deep state. And uh, now I'm going to step down off my soapbox, Sid, 1-800-848-9222 is the number. Uh, we're coming right back with more Bernie and Sid, if you keep it where it is. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Yesterday, I went on Joyce Kaufman's radio show down in Florida. She was on me and Bernie last week. Very sweet. Let me uh, promote my book, which again, folks, you can pre-order today. Amazon.com. Great forwards written by John Katsimatidis, my man. And uh, my other guy, Bernie McGurk. Bunch of great blurbs and uh, just a, a really good book. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Tom Brady, Harvey Rosenberg. Uh, they're all in there, folks. Uh, buy it today. It'll be out September the 6th. But you can pre-order it right now at Amazon.com. Citizens United. Citizens United. Go buy that book and buy it today. Okay, let's play the game Beat Bernie. Our contestant today is out of Medford, New York. His name is Carl. He's a stagehand. How about that? Carl, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning, Sid. How are you? I'm doing very well. What's uh, What was your, your stagehand? What was your last work? Uh, uh, my last work, I, I work mostly out of the shop. Uh, we, we do a lot of uh, a lot of audio. Uh-huh. Um, I've been all over the country, been in and out of the city a lot. Um, that's pretty much what I do. Now, I Medford, is that by, like, uh, like Shirley, Long Island? Where is that exactly? Yes. 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 It's, uh, it's, by, it's been in between Patchogue and Port Chappas. That's what I thought. Okay. Nice part. All right, Carl. Well, good luck in today's game. Here's question number one. The Treaty of Versailles said, and I quote, the construction or acquisition of any submarine shall be forbidden in what country? Germany? Yeah. Nicely done. Which World War II general said in his 1951 farewell address to Congress, and I quote, and like the old soldier of that ballad, I now close my military career and just fade away. Uh, Douglas McCall? Yes. What two cities make up Minnesota's Twin Cities? I'm going to say St. Paul. That's right. And Minneapolis? Correct. Correct. Yes. My cousin Norm Coleman served as mayor of St. Paul for eight years before being moved to a different bill who appeared on the $10 bill prior to Alexander Hamilton. Benjamin Franklin? No. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax. Jesus. Andrew Jackson is the answer we were looking for. And finally, with a flying knee to Ben Askren, just five seconds into the fight, who holds... Who, who wrote this? Who wrote this? I was just looking at it. Went, who I mean, come this? on. <laughs> I mean, Bernie's going to know this, but come on. That's Nobody it. watches this except for you and Mike. With a flying knee to Ben <laughs> Askren, just five seconds into the fight, who holds the record for fastest knockout in UFC history? What are you doing? Uh, Jorge Masvidal. And this guy gets well, I guess it. he knew. Yeah. <laughs> they can't write it, but you can't do that. That's too, it's too narrow. I mean, uh, I know Bernie's a huge fan, but come on. You're not asking with a home run in a World Series game, but he got it. So what do you got, four out of five? Uh, one, yes, that's, yes yeah. that's correct. Yeah, the one he got wrong, I would have gotten wrong, too. But I think Bernie's going to get that one right. I think Bernie goes five for five. Let's get him back on. He is the champ, the greatest of all time, the great Bernard McGurk. Good morning, Bernie. Yeah, he is, Sydney. Five right, you win. you got to get them all. This kid's a good player, the guy you played today. He's a stagehand out of Medford. Carl, here we go. Here's question one, Bernard. The Treaty of Versailles said, and I quote, the construction or acquisition of any submarine shall be forbidden in what country? Austria would be the wrong answer. It's Germany, of course. Very good. Of course. Well, we should have known that. 
Which of World course. <laughs> Which World War II general said in his 1951 farewell address to Congress, and I quote, And like the old soldier of that ballad, I now close my military career and just fade away. Uh, that would be uh, General MacArthur. Yes. What two cities, Bernard McGurk, make up Minnesota's Twin Cities? That would be uh, St. Paul and yep. Minneapolis. Very good. The capital being uh, St. Paul, of Correct. Course. Before being, and as I told the uh, contestant, my cousin Norm Coleman spent eight years as the mayor of St. Paul. Before Amazing. Being, yeah. Before being moved to a different bill who appeared on the $10 bill prior to Alexander Hamilton. Prior to Hamilton, who was on the bill? Oh, yeah. that's a good question. Yeah. Prior to Hamilton, yeah. I would have to say, um, I don't know, I guess I'll go with Benjamin Franklin. It's a wild guess. It's not, a bad, it's it's not a bad guess. And that's what the, the contestant said, too. But the actual answer is Andrew Jackson. And finally... Uh, he did the same exact thing. He got the first three right. He got the next one wrong. Then he nailed the last one, which we're going to get to. He ended up in a 4-4 tie with a flying knee to Ben Askren just five seconds into the fight. Who holds the record for the fastest knockout in UFC <laughs> history? That's my boy Jorge Masvidal, baby. 4-4, your final score. Uh, you both uh, played the game exactly the same way. First three right, number four wrong. Number five, correct. Bernie, say hello to Carl in Medford, New Jersey. In New York, I should say. Hey, what's up, Carl, out here in Long Island? How you doing, buddy? Hi, Bernie. I, uh, I'm i 37 years old. I've listened to you guys every single morning of my life. From when I was in a crib listening to Mr. Imus, I'm a huge fan. It's an absolute honor and a privilege to talk to you guys live up Yeah, I really wow, appreciate what you very... guys do. Uh, I thank you for saying that. That's uh, Listen, that, that's high praise. I, I feel your sincerity. And... Uh, Listen, let me ask you, uh, you, you had, what, what was your first name again? In all honesty, I forget. What was your first name again? Carl? My name's Carl, yes. Carl, Carl, listen, Carl. So you knew the answer to the Ben Askren thing, so you must be a big UFC fan like myself. Yes, I am. I was actually watching that night when he did that. I couldn't. It was, it was one of the most amazing uh, knockouts in the UFC. It was uh, until this past weekend when Michael Chandler, Michael what he Chandler. did to Tony Ferguson. Did you see that, what he did to Ferguson I, I, with the with, – I, I, I thought that fight was going to go long. You know, Ferguson's a real good fighter. He usually, usually takes the fight long. He's incre- You know, he, he does a lot of very unconventional things. Uh, but Michael yeah. Chandler deaded him with one shot. You know, that's going to go that, down that, in history. In history, that was an incredible knockout. He was on the floor out cold for about three minutes with his legs crossed. It was brutal, but it was so entertaining. Uh, yeah, so the UFC, one of my favorite sports, Carl, you and I share that. And uh, so, anyway, listen, man, thanks for the nice words. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. And uh, good try, good thanks effort. Let's try on, again. Man. I appreciate The pleasure's all ours. Thank you very much, Carl, here on the Bernie and Sid Show, 1 800 848 9222. We're going to close out the show, ladies and gentlemen, right after this. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Woo! 
was nice, that promo. Got to give credit there, Bernie, to Chris Libertini, who put that promo together, mentioning the fact yes. that you and I are number one in news talk. You know, they're having a um, station is having a big party tomorrow night you know, to um, the rating success, to celebrate the rating success, which the whole station actually enjoys. But it's, it's because of you and I. Let's be honest. It's not the nonsense. Uh, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. The rest of the station really rides off our backs. And that's fine. Uh, we want everybody to do well. But uh, what's, what's, yeah, what's, we'll, what's, we'll allow it. Yeah, that's fine. But what's ironic is having this big party tonight. And um, guess who's not going to be there? Me and you. <laughs> so they, they better do something in our honor. Well, uh, I mean, if we showed up, uh, that maybe they, that would... That would kind of be mandatory, but uh, no, 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 no. I mean, you have to no. kind of have to be there for something like that. I mean, you can't demand something like that and not show up. Of course, I can. Well, you can't show up because you're, you know you're 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 gonna you know you're not ready yet because well, of the chemotherapy. You can't be a, 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 among too many people. Right. I, I have a condition. Right. And me, uh, if it was a lunch, for example, I would stay in the city and do it. But there's no way I'm going to go all the way back. Uh, remember, every day I take the train to a ferry to a shuttle. I mean, that's every day. I mean, so that's a lot. You have a a long commute. Correct. Correct. So for me to go back to there and then get back to come here, and it's not like I've got my own place yet in the city where I can kind of crash for eight hours because I would do that. A pied a terre, right? As they they would call it, but. uh, you could you could uh, stay in a hotel room for tonight if you really wanted to go, and uh, you probably should. It wouldn't even be tonight. It would be, what am I going to do? The show ends at 10, and the dinner is at 6.30. What do I do for the next eight and a half hours? Where do I go? You, you go to the New York Sports Club. You take a nap. Where? And then you show up at, at, at the hotel room. What hotel? I don't have a hotel room. I'm telling you to get a hotel room. No, I'm not getting anything. Now, if they want to put me up at the palace or, you know, some fancy place, that's a whole other I'm not getting anything. Are you yeah. nuts? <laughs> well, listen, you know, here's the thing I'd say about uh, John Katzmatidis and Chad Lopez. I mean, they really, uh, they do great things for the radio station. They care about everybody yes, they wanting do. to raise morale. Everybody's yes. invited. Yep. It's a whole team effort. I mean, the, the spirit, I mean, I can feel it from here, here out in Long Island. And I've, I witnessed it, obviously, until I, I stopped coming in because of my condition here. But. Uh, those two are some great leaders right there, John Katzmatidis and Chad Lopez. So yeah. you got, you I have, thank them. You have to include Margot, too, in that mix, uh, his wife. Oh, Margot, no yeah. doubt about the beautiful yeah. Margot Katzmatidis. Yeah. And, 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 and by the way, even Emily Pankow. But, uh, and, and I've seen this many, many times uh, just last week, Staten Island. Every host was there. You know, Rita Cosby was there. doesn't matter whether you're on 11 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, like you said, John and Chad treat everybody the same. And Rita was there, and Dominic is there, and, uh, you know, Greg shows up when he's not doing television. And uh, I've seen a lot of Buster uh, Snurdly, uh, Bo Snurdly, excuse me, lately. So, uh, long story short, they do uh, treat everybody very, very nicely. It is a team effort, and uh, almost every event I go to, and I go to a lot, uh, there's always a, a nice amount of folks, especially talent, representing WABC, yeah. and that'll be the case tomorrow night. So, be very The nice. camaraderie, the esprit de corps, the morale, all oh, that what? stuff. What does that mean? Oh, what happened? Using big words, say? aren't I? Stop doing uh, that. You know what? I'll, I'll take him back. I'm sorry. I'm, that's going to hurt yes. our ratings, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, uh, but look, no, it's a really beautiful thing. Thank them for. I thank them for throwing it, and I only wish, really, do sincerely wish I could be there. Yeah, me too. So uh, somebody has to say something on our behalf. And uh, who's that going to be? Who do you want to pick? Uh, let's pick somebody. Uh, uh, Luke, are you going? Were you invited even? Oh, no, you know what? No, there's such no, a thing. I, well, I found out yesterday. In the morning, nobody cares. I found out yesterday in our uh, post-show meeting that this was all going down. Well, you should be there, bro. 
you and Justin and uh, all you guys should be there because you guys yeah, are playing. Manda- yeah, I just found out. Mandatory. Not only mandatory, but you guys playing it to go partner in the show success. You guys work very hard for oh, us. Well, thank you, Sidney. Appreciate well, it. Maybe you can go up there and receive uh, the you know some type of uh, whatever adulation they plan to throw our way. That could be you. You want to stick me in right. front of everyone? Maybe not. Yeah, uh, what's I, Justin what doing? <laughs> yeah, we'll take take a pass. Uh, yeah, who else is there? Oh, uh, we got Justin on this team. Yeah. By the not... way, I'm just kidding. I love Luke. Actually, <laughs> I don't want to have his feelings. I think Luke is terrific. Everybody's great that that works for us. Justin, by the way, uh, taking a trip. Uh, oh, I'm not going to say where because you may not want me to say it. But he's uh, he's going on vacation next week. He's going to Israel. Him in a big. That's <laughs> that right, doesn't take long. <laughs> All right, there you go. GPSs too. Wait a second. He's, he's, I, I think it's to... I think it's important every time a a person, especially a Jewish person, goes back to Israel, that we we talk about that. He's uh, going to give you ex- he, uh, exact longitude and latitude as well. He'll send. That he's going to be at the Tel Aviv Hotel. Yeah. Look, he's 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 not going to the Promised Land to uh, you know to pray at the Wailing Wall. No, he's going to party. He's going to have a good yeah. time is what yeah. he's doing. So uh, maybe he'll him. do both. Who knows? Good for well, him. We're going to miss him. We're going to miss him in a big way. Yes, we, especially you, uh, because uh, he gets a lot of uh, the cuts that we use in the yep. morning. So the question, and Luke can't come in because there's no public transportation that time of the morning when Justin gets here. So now we have a little bit of a dilemma. Who's going to come in and do that stuff uh, in the morning that uh, Justin Ellick would ordinarily do? You know, that's not easy. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit of a dilemma. A little but, uh, bit. We're going to see what happens. What about We're that kid, Matty Kukis? Can he do that? Uh, the other kid, Matty, does he do that type of stuff? No? Is he capable? Matt's, uh, Matt's in marketing now. Matt's He's not what? even in programming anymore. This, this, Matty who? This station is hilarious. Okay. One day, like, Mike Garcia is working with us, and he's, like, the head of podcasts. Now he, like, works with the White House, I think. I have no idea what happens with these people. They just move on to different jobs. That's all. Is Mike is not at the station anymore? No, he's here, I guess. I don't know what he does, though. He walks around. Uh, I like Mike. Yeah, he's cool. I like Mike a lot. Yeah, he does podcasts. Cool. Yeah, I, yeah, he cool. Hey, listen, the, let me just say real quick. Congress is going to vote on uh, sending, like, $33 billion to the Ukraine today. Aye. Let's hope that uh, the, the Congress says no. Please, Let's no. hope that they turn it down. Right, please. I'm begging you. It's enough. You can't afford it. Nope. Stop the war. And uh, send the money to the border, the southern border here, and save American lives. How about that? Just I one last. Couldn't agree uh, more. Uh, right. One last editorial uh, comment from the, the from me here on the Bernie. How about take that money, that thirty three billion, and give it to restaurants and retail retail stores and Americans who are still struggling post COVID? They still really can't make it. How about giving? Because you effed them for all these the last two years. How about taking the money and giving it to real Americans who are trying to stay in business? How about that? Give it, give, give it to uh, Ralph Napolitano on Arthur Avenue. Give it to my, the guy who tried to sell me beach chairs in Rockaway Beach. Give it to Mike Sullivan. Give it to real Americans who are trying to make a living here in this country. Yeah, and homeless veterans and, and, and wounded veterans who right. need homes. So we don't, we don't need private organizations like Tunnel to Towers to do, uh, to do what the government should be doing. How about that? Take care of America first. You, 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 well, I don't want to say what I was going to say because... Uh, it's not the, no way to go out on a show. Let's go out on a high note. Come Let, on. Let's do that. It was a great show today. Bernie, as always, just, just I mean, great, beyond great, amazing. Uh, all of our guests were great today. You guys were great. Justin Ellick, Luke Lograno, Lou Rafino, Deb Valentine. Ella, nice to meet you. We'll do it again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Enjoy your beautiful Tuesday in New York City. From all of us to all of you. Peace. Peace. This
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 